Belknave's a big fan of. See the one where it's the guy going down the stairs and he's pretty much doing the exact same kind of, you know, uh, he's, he's leaning forward. Uh, and that's Belknave's uh, thing. He's like people who take ages to fall. Yeah. He's really into guys just falling over. Oh yeah, it's not just guys. Like uh, it's anybody, just... as long as it takes them ages to do it. I remember like a few years back being at Valmay's house and kind of thinking, is he the only one that still watches you? You've been framed. Like he would not miss an episode. It was that amusing. <laughs> and I was like, man, I didn't even know this was still on because dad still internet, watches that man. It's kind of not because of the internet that you wouldn't need it anymore. It's hard to watch now though because of the canned laughter and stuff and like the narration's always like really that, Yeah, but back in the day, it wasn't like something you really thought about. Whereas now, but comedy's kind of advanced enough that is it canned because, laughter is it because seems back so in the day you were actually twelve? Quite possibly. Like and we didn't know where though we didn't have YouTube we didn't have like you know constant fail videos on the internet in general and social media like we were given I don't know about that we were given you've been framed and that was all we had for that sort of content I no still, we didn't we had Beatles about yeah I was st- I still was never really into that to be honest really? yeah I never really enjoyed it I always thought it was always set up that everything just seemed really fake I think there's like a lot of kind of genuine stuff in there mm-hmm. I mean it's the same as fail stuff these days, man. You still get fake stuff. But you like that with sitcoms? I mean, I, th- I think with the canned laughter and like Father Ted, that's still funny. I've not watched Father Ted in a long time, but oh, canned can laughter I, I, I find to be quite irritating these days. I think in terms of sitcoms, some sitcoms can transcend it, though. Mm. Usually, in terms of the material. Like in modern like kind of comedies and stuff. Ah, it's considered can, Canned laughter usually is there to cover up the fact that it's not actually that funny. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I mean, it's not even modern ones. It's yeah. A great yeah. amount of YouTube videos of friends about the laugh track and you just yeah. see just how bad that show really is. Yeah, like this one or when it, like Ross is a psycho when you think yeah. about the laughter track. Or when it was like, the, the good ones were like filmed in front of a live studio audience like Married with Children. Where yeah. there was Don't some, do uh, it There were some genuine reactions. I did one where he goes to eat the toothpaste. Yeah. I will. I'll, the I, I'll, I'll, the I'll sandwich and toothpaste. I was gonna eat it because that's all he's got. And the guy don't, don't do it. Well. <laughs> so American, but, American audiences are pretty good for that stuff because they get so enthusiastic about uh, it. I remember so, someone put up a thing. It was like Alba. It was an exterior shot of Al Bundy's house. It was like in 1987, uh, a woman's uh, shoe salesman who had two kids and a wife was able to live in this like castle. <laughs> and I was like that. I always thought that quite well, that, that's, some of the American like suburbs and. That looked fucking amazing. I'm like, he's in a shiter of a job. How does he afford that? Well, that's like the whole. That's like the whole of like the first few seasons of The Simpsons, right up until like uh, Homer's Enemy, when Frank Grimes points that out. Mm. It's not. I mean, that's everything. On it. it's like the Friends, like Monica yeah. and that. Like every, every but, like Daredevil. Yeah, the, I mean, Daredevil's like a broke lawyer, and he's got like that like gigantic loft apartment thing in New York. He's in. He's like in Manhattan. Did I, well, yeah, because he, he didn't exactly have a trust fund. His dad was like a failed, well, he, he wasn't a failed boxer, but he owed money to the Sharks. He didn't. Yeah. That's just a thing in American TV shows specifically, yeah. isn't it? Because like, I think like, I, really it comes down to necessity though, right? Because like they're in those gigantic houses because it's actually sets and you can't even really have a tiny set work out that way with the cameras and stuff. Like it would be... It would be so much more difficult to film in like a tiny, tiny apartment set. Probably, yeah. Um, but again, it, like you said about the Simpsons, like Frank Grimes and that, the Simpsons do that all the time. Where instead they have the Simpsons doesn't have an excuse. Ah, but like again, <laughs> in terms of like pointing out silly things, like 
Like even there's an episode where the Simpsons have a nanny and her name's Sherry Bobbins, and at one point says, "Who are you, Mary Poppins?" No, Sherry Bobbins. Like oh, right, yeah. right. Same as Legoland. It's not Lego. It's Blocko. And he's like, "No, not Lego. Blocko." Right, right. That we can the, to the, like, the entire first two seasons of Simpsons. Pretty much every episode has a moment of how can we afford to do this thing, mm. and it's them um, scraping for money. Right. Mm. Before this goes any further, we're clearly in podcast mode. This is Raptors in the Kitchen. Is <laughs> Valentine's Day, happy Valentine's Day to anybody listening, especially the ones who are alone and miserable. You can uh, you can cry while listening to us. Have you had anyone say Happy Valentine's Day? Like they'll say Happy Valentine's Day, and you're like, did you say times or times? Why I mean, they, why would anybody do that? Folk That's, do do that. Folk, folk do do, do name, that, man. Name three. Uh, name a, three. You don't know them. I so. am a sad loner, and a no one loves me, Tom. So I I've thought never, you might have heard I've it in the post route. No, <laughs> yeah. not at all. Not yeah. the slightest. A fun fact: Valentine, like that dude, like Saint Valentine, Greg Valentine, like the his, hammer. His boy. I think I may have said this in the show, like either last year or the year before as well. He's probably dragging this up every year. Yeah. To, I mean, I only found it out a couple knowledge. of years ago, but a uh, the MGM line item. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> almost as horrific. Like his body was like split up into like loads of tiny parts and like scattered throughout churches in the world. One of which is in the Gorbals in Glasgow. Sweet. There's a wee casket with some of uh, Saint Valentine's remains in the mm. Gorbals because Catholicism is fucking mental. Mm. <laughs> mm. So uh, it's the 14th of February, 2020. This is Raptors in the Kitchen. I am Paco Rodriguez. I'm joined by Neil McCulloch and Tommy Bass. Hiya. Hi. Do you guys want to get your Oscar bullshit out of the way? Because I know you are going to talk about it. Uh, I, I have zero to talk about the Oscars because I honestly don't care. It's, it's everyone's seen it. Okay, like okay, I'm happy that idiots that like Tarantino never won in. Well, Brad Pitt won some. Really yeah, Brad, that's Brad Pitt. He's no good Tarantino. He won that for, he won Best Supporting Actor for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I personally thought he should be nominated for Ad Astro instead. Yeah. Um, but he was never going to get that because he would have giving it to Joaquin Phoenix and yeah. Ad Astra was shit so Ad Astra's not shit um, I'm, but, al- I'm also very glad that Todd Phillips got nothing as well um, I was pleasantly surprised that pa- they gave Parasite, yeah. Parasite not only Best Picture but Best Foreign Language I was like usually if you're nominated for one you get the other you know what has, I mean has any foreign language film won Best Picture no that's the first that's, yeah. that's why it's like historical but apparently the it was the lowest uh, rated uh, ratings uh, for the Oscars this year. Hmm. Um, so it's because people are finally starting to realise that it's just boring as fuck, and well, it's a bunch of out of touch people yeah, just was, making up shit. It lists. was that, and the fact that they they went with no presenter this year again, no one host. Um, but yeah, I was happy. Parasite uh, won. Did not win something ones. else as well. It won best picture, best director, best screenplay, and best foreign language hmm. film. Uh, so I was I was very happy with that. Um, Laura Dern got Best Supporting Actress. You watch Man's Story. Story. Um, thoroughly deserved. Um, best Actress. As much as I liked Rennie Zellweger and Judy, I would have gave it to Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story or Jojo Rabbit. I mean, Laura Dern was good in Marriage Story, but I think that last year in particular was like a really fucking good year for just supporting cast in a lot of different things. Yeah. I, I would have said that Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit was more worthy of that mm. or even the she was up for it the, the girl from Jojo Rabbit what was her name was it Annie or something like that? no I'm just thinking of Anne the Frank Jewish lassie yeah. that's been kept what was her name oh fuck oh pass 
She was really good in that movie. Taika Waititi got best adapted screenplay. Um, was it him that wrote the screenplay for that? Yeah. Deserved. Well deserved. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he also, it was uh, historical because he's the first uh, Maori um, or Maori descent uh, to get an Oscar. So that was kind of cool. Okay. I mean, that doesn't really mean anything to me, but okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but yeah, it was again, a night of, uh, a night of history was made. Uh, but yeah, I was very happy with Parasite. We'll talk about that later because uh, we've all seen it and it's, it believes the hype. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but that's not really much else to talk about. And it was, um, I th- I was happy with uh, the all the folk getting recognized, the 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 right folk getting recognized for the right the right things. Yeah, it was very much like, from what I, I did see of it, mm-hmm. which is very little. What the biggest drama which I saw from it came from Rose McGowan complaining about Natalie Portman's coat. Yeah, that's right. And that was it. That's right. Uh, Natalie Portman's been very outspoken about the, uh, the lack of recognition for like uh, female Women. filmmakers. Yeah, yeah. So she had yeah. a cape which had the the names of female directors that should she, that should have been nominated apparently for just this year or for like, just for this yeah. just for this year. They were in, uh, kind of embroidered into it. Yeah. It so like, the Dior one was that Christian yeah, Dior one? something like that. So <laughs> Rose McGowan had a crack at her about it as not being brave and mm-hmm. being. Uh, yeah, you 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 have a production company. You've not really worked with as many yeah, female directors. Yeah, she or called her out for it. She called her out, yeah. And then Natalie Portman's response was was actually pretty good. I, I actually read that, and she basically called her out for taking the money, um, the money settlement from accusing Harvey Weinstein instead of taking the stand. Mm. So. Um, but that that's the biggest drama out of the Oscars. I I didn't see the farewell, but um, uh, the, the director of that um, um, she wasn't nominated. But you, the you... the farewell was a it was a disgrace that that was not nominated for any right. Oscars. Uh, but they actually won a couple of things at the Independent Film Awards like mm-hmm. before. So mm-hmm. yeah, but how Aquafina was not up for Best Actress, I do not know. So. See, you're saying like this was the lowest year for attendance. For no, those, no uh, for, for viewing figures. For viewing, for viewing figures. figures, like, does that mean that the impact that the Oscars are going to have on like people's careers and all that sort of stuff is now going to be lessened as well? Like, is this the start of the decline of that? No, I don't nah, think so. I mean, again, like, it's it's like Neil was saying, it's just this, it's like a, a meaningless award show. But what it does do, I don't, I don't even think it's that, Tommy. I think, and it's not to start a conversation about wrestling but you see it every week with the WWE mm. and that their viewing figures, their ratings mm. uh, continually seem to be down mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes they kind of pop up but mm-hmm. then they go back down again mm-hmm. and I think it's just the way that people consume media nowadays mm-hmm. is that more people like selling the WWE's case the YouTube hits they get are astronomical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing that's more convenient now. Yeah, and I think stuff like the Oscars, who's going to sit and watch a three-hour show, a three-hour award show, mm-hmm. when like, maybe even 20 minutes after an award's been handed out, you can probably go onto Twitter or Facebook mm-hmm. or even YouTube and you'll see that chunk. Yeah. Or, or like, wait, wait the next day and just a compilation. watch it in yeah. like 20 yeah. minutes. Um in terms of like the actual, like you were saying, we've, we've all kind of said it. It's like it's meaningless. It's just a bunch of 
old white people voting blah blah blah. Um, the the thing I still like about the Oscars, like especially with things like Parasite, is it's been watched worldwide by like an an international audience of folk and even people in Hollywood, um, seeing like you know things like things that like get best documentary or even with Parasite best picture, like it might you know the there's been numerous kind of like headlines and stories saying you know South Korean cinema has X amount of movies it's just you either don't know yeah. about it it's like Parasite's Wait, not the first did he not, best did the director movie. not have like a fucking great quote like a couple of weeks back about how like the barrier entry is only three inches high or something like that because he's talking about the subtitles yeah when he accepted his Golden Globe right. he had said if you could get yeah. over uh, subtitles you'd be able to enjoy so many right. more to, to uh, be fair I also stories. really enjoyed his acceptance speech, speech where they come out spoke about five words in English and then just went Korean, Korean. fuck you guys was there a translator? Uh, he did have at one point because he had a translator for when he was speaking in English. Mm. I noticed that because um, he'd said something, translator spoke, and then he'd made a comment which he then said in English about learning from watching Martin Scorsese films. Oh, okay. that's interesting. Because and Martin Scorsese's sitting there going, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed Parasite, but tend not to really like Scorsese movies. Yeah, I didn't. I don't watch Parasite. Yeah. There's no real there was no like connection. Link. Yeah. Hmm. But, um, yeah. So I mean, that's the only thing. I mean, it can be quite good for the Oscars. Is it like maybe directors who you're not very familiar with they win big, and then it's like, well, check out the rest of their movies. Hmm. Or I think see for like the lower categories, like your documentaries and things like that, and your short films. I think you're probably good for that. Because it gets people recognition that way, yeah. but see when you're just see when it's like your best actors, your best uh, best actors and stuff like that, and you're hand you're normally handing out an award to somebody who's, who's pretty yeah. much an established yeah, yeah, yeah. star already. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do them any favors. It doesn't, but that's why I think what what was great about uh, Parasite winning it is I think it, it can do like that film like that the, the filmmaker and even maybe some of the actors. A lot of favors because it might be it might bring them to oh yeah you know, well, certain, well, uh, once in a while you will get some of that yeah but I mean very rarely do you ever get that curveball no like Bong Joon Ho is like he already did like Snowpiercer which again is an American movie but then like there was a like I, I think that's a very good movie um but, <laughs> so there's a great story from Snowpiercer with Bong Joon Ho us about how um like Harvey Weinstein was just oh, yeah, on that, that and. Apparently, it was an absolute nightmare to work for, and the the final edit of that film is essentially the wine scene the edit. But there's a scene in it, the fisherman, the thing. fisherman, yeah. where there's a fishing scene in it, and her wine scene's like, "No, get rid of that, that's rubbish." And he and Bombing Ho's like, "No, well, that's in there because <coughs> I want it to be uh, an homage to my father, who was a who was a great fisherman." And after it was released, Bombing Ho's like, "But that wasn't a fisherman." Can I just say, by the way, like uh, just to get this up front, almost everything I know about what's happened in cinema recently and like stories like that is thanks to Andy Connor at work, <laughs> who is way more tuned in on this stuff than I am. Thanks, Andy. Paul Faulkner also <laughs> told the same story when we met them for pancakes. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, how are your pancakes? Good. I was. Did, like, did I had stacking still. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't ate anything that day. Ah, so you, need, you need to not eat anything. By the time I got there, I got the three stack, which yeah. had previously defeated me. Uh, I got the beef brisket, and then Ooh, on top of pancake. that, on mm. top of that, I got the banana and Nutella crunch sundae. Mm. Is that the one with the toffee crisp? 
No, there's not toffee crisp. There's like broken kind of biscuit in it, and like right. some kind of really weird kind of cream cheese that mm. was fantastic. Mm, okay. It was excellent. Uh, though I was that hungry that I could have easily yeah. ate five. But I, I've gone in there stoned and really struggled even with a free stack. Mm. I have read going. through that. Like I just tear through that time. fucking thing, man. Yeah, it's crossy wagon, mama. Oh, okay. There you go. Pancakes. Oh, did you go the one in Brayhead? Brayhead, right? No, Silverburn. Yes, Silverburn, sorry. One of those places. Yeah. Why just like fart out all the Japanese stuff just to get it past as well? Because I don't think anybody actually really cares. Well, I've I've watched more JoJo's Golden Wind. I watched a few of them them as well. Where did you get to? Where did you get to? Where did you get to? I think I heard my phone ring. No shit. So you you talk about that. I'm going to go see. (laughs) You called me. He is lying. Fucking why? Why must he lie? So you owe the listeners more than this. I mean, I guess do we care about spoilers? No, I just spoil it. It's it's hard to talk about JoJo's without Without, talking about craziness. So the last thing that happened was a Giorno was trying to join the Italian mafia, right? Yeah, so like he had to keep a lighter lit for a, a full day. Turned out that that was a stand that was like something that attacked from the shadows. If everyone saw. Like it being lit, it tried to kind of convert them into a stand user uh, or just battle them to the death, I guess. Uh, they came out of the other side of that. There was an episode on a yacht because they're going to find. Is it Paplo? Was that his name? Paplo's Fortune? Paplo's Fortune. Paplo, um, uh, Paplo is the. Um, the, the big. The kind of mob boss, the, the capo. Yeah, the capo. Who was trying to join the gang. But Giorno ends up killing. So I think that's what I like. Giorno has been captured by the stand on the boat, and I think that's where that episode ended. All right, okay. See the next episode. Yeah, that's the episode where, after watching like four in a row, I had to turn it off because the thing that happens at the end of that episode, I went, "What?" <laughs> it's consistently great. Yeah, I, it's a really good series. It's five seasons so far, and like I think like the dipping point for me was like maybe the second. A half of season three. Yeah, the, it, the back it became, half. It became just monster of the week, yeah. monster of the week, monster of the week. Yeah, monster the back week. half of Stardust Crusaders gets a wee bit slow. Uh, all of season four, where they just they took so much inspiration from uh, Twin Peaks, mm. and uh, the whole thing is just you know every week it's like a different, really weird story in this town, and then uh, this one where it seems to be like a total, just I don't know like. Is revenge even the right word? It's like he's got like a mission and he's he, on he's, that. He's on a mission. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, also watched because like the Studio Ghibli stuff got added to a uh, Netflix. I decided to watch the ones I hadn't seen on that before. So there was one on it called Only Yesterday. All right. All right. Uh, which is about a uh, like girl in Japan who has like a very overactive imagination. Um, she's never really been interested in love. She grows up and decides that she wants to like go on a working vacation in a kind of rural Japan to be a farmer. Mm. So it's like her just kind of doing that and like meeting a dude along the way and having like loads of memories to her childhood. It's like there is no drama or controversy or any kind of antagonist in this movie at all. It is like an absolutely pleasant start it's to finish. Slice of life. Yeah, it's just she's just working, she's just remembering her childhood. She meets a dude and they kind of hit it off but like mm. it's even then it's like the romantic element of it is like so slight right. really good film like if if you want something just kind of easy to watch right. casual to watch 
I also watched another different one that's not a Shadow Ghibli called The Garden of Words, which is like a Japanese The Graduate, where uh, there's a Japanese school kid who likes making his own shoes, uh, but he doesn't like going to school when it's raining, so he goes to a like one of the parks in Tokyo. I'm not really sure which park it is. I'm sure they say it in it, but I can't remember. And uh, there is a like older business looking woman who is also there just drinking beer in the park and eating chocolate and uh, they kind of see each other enough times that they start having conversations and then they kind of fall in love and it turns out that she's actually a teacher at his school who has had to leave because she just had a bad breakup and uh, it has left her emotionally traumatised to the point where like even her taste has been impaired by it which is why she's drinking the beer and eating the chocolate because that's all she can taste like everything else is tasteless to her uh, and they two find solace in each other, but it's a forbidden love because uh, he's a high school student. So, yep, that yeah. was a uh, that was different. Really yeah. beautifully animated, like a lot of like images of really bright green vegetation in the rain. Mm. So it's like a, a, a kind of constant rain kind of undertone to the whole thing. Good kind of you know like you're indoors just hearing the rain effort. Uh, you said that I haven't talked about whether we. You, have, you you spoke to me about it on text. Yeah, I don't remember. I you. think I think we did speak about it in a previous See, podcast. I, I'm, I was sure you watched that after we'd done the Bad Boys podcast. But it's it's kind of similar kind of thing with the the weather's like a big part of it. It's a bit like a well, I a homeless I kid going to Tokyo. I heard more about about it than what you told me to what the supernatural element of it was. Hmm. Um, so it's essentially just that she can control the weather. Yeah. But they see that in the trailer, so that's not really, oh, right, that's yeah, not no, a spoiler. Not really um, but yeah, it's just like a kind of again a coming age a love story between two teenagers, one of which is a girl who can control the weather. I, uh, it was good, really well animated, has some absolutely excellent J-pop in it. I, uh, not really much more I can say about that. Tommy is glazing over though, <laughs> so. So Tommy, how's your week? How's your week been? All right, all right, I thought we were just talking about what we watched. No, we're just getting the Japanese stuff out of the way. All right. Uh, my the f- people want to know. My phone actually did go with my brother. <laughs> um, he's going to be coming down uh, to visit in May for a weekend, so that'll be fun. Uh, my week, shit. Like, it's just been really busy. stressful and busy and fucking that whole thing with the fucking... Smoke detector, that was fucking annoying and all that. Well, I think the smoke detector is so uh, on we... Wednesday, like I came back from a, I did a night shift um, where uh, I had to support a guy um, uh, at Parkhead. Uh, so that was fun. Oh, Six, did you go to the sale again? 60,000 oh, fans fucking rejoice in the fact that they pretty much won the league and Rangers stuff. Oh, so that was fun. So then I, coming, I came back uh, about 11 o'clock because traffic was shit. And then I went. And I started watching um, the docu, the uh, Who Assassinated uh, Malcolm X doc- docu-series on Netflix. And then about one o'clock, uh, I was hearing this beeping in my room and I was like, shit. I went, uh, it was a beep. And I was like, shit, was that on the... I was like, no, it might have been the episode. And I shut it down and it was like, beep. And I was like, shit, must be the carbon monoxide uh, uh, detector. So I was like, right. So I went, got a stepladder out of the cupboard, moved my telly and all that, moved a bunch of shit out of the way. And then went up, got the uh, battery out, left it there because I'm like, right, it must be changed. I'll get that in the morning. Uh, Twenty minutes later, beep, and I was like, fuck, okay, no, it can't, it can't be, it can't still be that. And I'm like, right, put it in your cupboard, beep, 
And I was like, fuck. So I went and put it in the kitchen and it was still beating. I was like, right, it's something in this room. And then there's a wee kind of detector next to the boiler. Which we never knew was there. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was aware it was, it's not always been there. But it must have. Been no, we we got like new uh, smoke, smoke alarms and stuff put in. I want to say it feels like it was recently, but it was, it was actually probably ago. about two years ago. It was ages ago. Um, uh, so they're hooked up to the mains, but they also have batteries in them as backups. But yeah. annoyingly, when the battery starts to fucking run out, it, it beeps. Yeah, yeah. Well, it just I'll, I'll do a beep like every twenty minutes or whatever. So I was like, shit. So I went and pressed the reset button, but that is also. Um, it's also a test button, so it started fucking beeping a lot. This was at three in the morning because that woke me up. Yeah, that woke him up, and he was like, "You sure there's not a, a leak?" And I says, "It's not that. It's this." So, after pressing the reset button, it was still beeping every now and then. So I ended up getting uh, my pills and just coming through to the living room and uh, slept. So I got like three, three and a bit hours sleep required to get up. That couch is not the comfiest couch either. It was alright. It was just, it was just, yeah, I was just, nice. I was just, I was just irritated and stressed. So, yeah did that uh, weather's not been great um, but yeah it's just not been it's just been one of those weeks you know what I mean but it's fine it's not a big deal went and watched a couple of films been watching stuff on Netflix been listening to some wrestling podcasts but no not really been doing anything out of the ordinary just the usual what's the best word you've managed to get in words with friends over the past week well I couldn't tell you that I couldn't tell you no that no big ones nah are you like the only person in the world that still plays Barbie's friends? Uh, no, uh, my mum does. With uh, you? Uh, two, two of my co-workers <laughs> do, with me. Um, are they also boomers? Uh, they are, well, how can you use that term, honestly? Well, Tommy, who's like younger than either of us. Yeah. yeah, but he just recently started like using that term. That's because like, the internet the uses it. Um. But anyway, I've got to keep with the audience. I've got to mm. pretend that we're kind of cool. Yeah. We're not, kids. But, but, but what? But what? Sending what, a podcast on Valentine's yeah. night and a Friday. But you're like one step away. <laughs> oh man, it is a Friday. Is a fucking Friday. God, this is extra sad. Yeah. What? What's you're, worse you're one, is one I will leave away. here and go home to my bed because I'm now working and I'm working at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> you, you say keep up, but it's like you're one step away of walking into. A room with your cat backwards, saying "What's up, guys?" Like, "Hello, fellow kids." Yeah. "Hello, kids." <laughs> that is now the thumbnail for the show this week. <laughs> "Hello, fellow kids." Yeah. A guy, uh, or when Mister Burns tries to uh, kid on uh, Principal Skinner that he's a kid because he tried it. I was like, "Hello there, Dean." <laughs> a, a guy walked into the gym the other day, like uh, looking exactly like Steve Buscemi in that. In that scene with the cap on backwards, like he looked like he must have been about fifty. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I think it was like a Ramones T-shirt or something. Just like started laughing with the song. Yeah. Oh, and uh, also, like I'm pretty sure, like we've talked about this before, but I'm pretty sure every everybody's got that one guy that seems to always be at their bus stop who's kind of irritating. Uh, he's out of hibernation. Yeah, I've seen him. He's got a, he's got an orange jacket right, now. Right, orange jacket. Yeah. He's about. Which is great because you can now fucking see him from miles away. Do you know what my mate said? He says, because I, I was explaining the whole saga of this guy, I was like, you know, he's got one guy, just seems to fucking follow you about, like he's everywhere. And he says, but he's got an orange jacket. He says, oh, well, you can run away. He's like, you think that, man? But I reckon it'd be one of those efforts that if I jogged in the opposite direction, turned a corner, he'd be there. Uh, he's like the govern version of It Falls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen him. Um, but again, he was across the road, and I just walked uh, in the opposite direction. I like couldn't hide my my emotions when I kind of saw him on the bus and scowled at him before I knew what I was doing. 
You totally saw it. How did you know you it were was, scowling? Because like, it was a, 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 yeah, you, you know can, when you're you scowling. You feel that scowl. Aye, like I did it and then like I noticed that he was looking right at me as I scowled and I was like, oh fuck. Did he tell you anything? Probably, no, he was on the bus and I was oh, on the pavement. He likes to tell folk on the bus stuff like, yeah. I knew one pound coins are out. He's such a dick. <laughs> it's just, it's still, I think we do a bad job of just like really capturing just what it is about him that's so annoying but it's, he's the kind of person who just feels that like everybody wants to hear what he has to say, like like he's just all up in everyone's business all the yeah, time. It's really irritating. But you get you get different versions of that guy because I remember like Neil when he used to go to gigs all the time when he was young. Uh, that he used to have that one. Was There's it? Was a gig in fucking Saturday? You prick. fucking Aye. old bastard. I'm going to a gig in fucking Wednesday. I'm talking about when you used to frequent them and you used to have there was like a gig girl that you hated or something, or you felt like I, she was I would like you. to point out when we had gig nemesis. I gig was like nemesis. 26. Exactly, when you were young. 20 years ago. <laughs> no. 15 years ago? Yes, about 15 years ago, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. You've had that, and you're like, man, I don't really know her, but she feels like she's there all the time for us about it. She, she looks like she's not really she into it, and why is she there? Yeah, she was there all the time. She always looked fucking miserable. She had the worst undercut. <sighs> Everyone's got that, not well, you. Nemesis. I mean, I wouldn't call the guy that we have Nemesis. He's just there. Just annoying. He's just the guy. He's just other. You've got that. You know that no, guy. Like he is the kind of person, though. Whenever I see him, I will cross the road before I get close to him because I just can't be bothered with him. Yeah, I've got like someone like that at the swimming where I've never spoke to them, but I kind of walk and I'm like, oh, they're there. All right, and the time they're always in like the same lane as me, and I'm like, I'm not letting fucking this person overtake me. Fuck that. Right, this so is like a competitor. It's a no. Well, it just like it's kind of like. This person doesn't really have I would what I would call swimming etiquette when it comes to the lanes. Um, rather than just wait for someone to go or be like on you go, she tends to like like she is always going to finish that lane. So she will like cross the lane whilst two folk are going rather than wait or rather than be like uh, when you come to the bit saying oh you ready to go she will just boom go like that you and know what man she man, paid her money too Tom she did but what I'm saying is like fucking there's, swimming there's, Nazi. there's times when you like go you, you do your lane and someone's just coming behind you and you're like right and you're like uh, are you ready to go no and you go man I'm just resting you know there's that like that mm. she has none of that man there's times where I've seen her nearly take out fucking children man women <laughs> swimmers alright to know yeah, <laughs> hey man, she's a she's a good swimmer. Like it's just that way. It's just every time I'm like, no oh, fuck, it's her. I right, well, she's not gonna fucking best me. But I don't know. She's probably like really nice, but she does have this snobby looking snobby look about her, which is a weird uh, thing to say now, about a swimmer. Now we've got to the root of the problem. Yeah, like is she snobby looking? We all know how much. How, talk. It's just kind of like it's kind of like it just how, seems like how, how much do we want to dive into this though? Because uh, dive in, <clears throat> like. You have a propensity to just like dislike pretty women. <laughs> That's not true. You totally do. That's like not you true perceive at all. any any woman who is like really attractive, you perceive them as being like a total snooty bastard. I don't I, you do no, it all do, the time. Not at do all. It all the time. Scarlett Johansson is not a snooty bastard. She's I, hot. People who you meet in real life. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I know a, a shit ton of people that are really good looking. Uh, and I'm like, no, they're not that. No, I think that's a that is a bad. That's a perception of mine that you've completely got wrong. I I, I don't think so, man. Like I, I don't think like so. there's like so many like attractive women who you just like take a dislike to, and I think it's because they're pretty. I, you perceive them as being like I super shallow that. and vain. No, not at all. Not at all, man. You we do cut get... this out, or we keep this in. No, I I think that's <laughs> I think that's completely wrong. Uh, I think that is uh, completely wrong. 
I, I, I wouldn't have said that. I think it's more, in my experience of Tommy, is that he has a great dislike of people who maybe are better stock than him. Um, my point being is... Is this like to do with cats as well? <laughs> it's like, I hate cats because they, look, they sit around looking like they're better than you. <laughs> no, I don't like cats because they always look like they're up to something. They, they sneak about the place, whereas like with dogs, you kind of know they're coming. It's like you'd be sitting there on the couch and then next thing you know, a fucking cat's on your shoulder. Like, where the fuck that come from? That was horrifying. Um, Sounds like a good time. But yeah. No, but the, like the person in question, I'm like, like, it just seemed like she lacked manners. Is she really pretty? Um, I don't know actually. Ah, uh, you fucking do. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Um, her face seems nice enough, but she wears uh, like one of them swimming skull caps, so I don't know where her hair's like or whatever. She's well, that, that means it's impossible to tell if she's attractive or not. But well, I don't. That's like I don't really look. I'm always fucking when I'm swimming. I'm in the zone, mate. You know what I mean? You like uh, the T one thousand? No, exactly. I like Ken Shamrock. I absolutely, man. It's the same as like if I'm going swimming or whatever. Like, I'm going to do my laps. It's like, see, if you go with a swimming buddy and you, you're swimming and chatting about shit, I, I, I just don't do that. I'd say, like, no, that's just not what I come to swimming for. Folk can do that if they want, but I just don't do it. I think, like, a lot of things benefit from having, like, somebody else with you, like running or just being in a gym and stuff. I would imagine swimming is not something that is really... It's very much a solo yeah. effort, isn't it? No, but you do get a lot of, like, folk there that, like, to have, sit and have a chat or they, they will just, like, swim, but... They're not really. They're, they're. They're. It's more like we're exercising and socialising. It's the same as I'd imagine when you get like running groups. Um, it's like they're there to run, but they're also there's a social element to it. I think it's it's the same kind of thing. Um, but then you get folk that are just there to you know do their laps or you know do their do their regime or whatever. Um, I'd imagine you probably get folk that go to the gym together. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I mean that, that could be me and our mate Pollock, but a. Whenever I bring it up, he just starts ignoring me. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> to be fair to Paul, he is still full of the cold. But it's like, yeah, um, I don't even get the response. Uh, no, I'm not feeling well. It's like... It's dingy. Yeah, it's, uh, and I get the feeling as well, though, that it's like, it's dingy out of shame as well. Because well, he, keeps, he keeps saying he wants to do it. And then whenever I'm like, I'm going to the gym tomorrow, it's just nothing back. Well, he was asked... Well, there was... A couple of nights ago, he was like, "Hey man, so and so is happening. Um, can you ask Paco about it?" And I felt like saying, "You've got messenger, right?" So see, why, why, why don't you ask him? But then I think conveniently because I live with you, but still, it's like, why don't you message him I guess yourself? This is possibly because I'm quite unreliable when it comes to Correct. well, that yeah, messaging true. people back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had. I'm not perfect, two, but two I'll tell you what, I don't hate are... beautiful women. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate beautiful women. Love them. <laughs> Love them. I had uh, two big bags of Cheetos hot and spicy crisps yesterday and a bag of Haribo for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder, I was like, man, I think he's beat the kitchen and I've not heard the door go, so I wonder what he's ate. <laughs> two bags of Cheetos and Haribo. I will lie, yesterday I had a bag of McCoys and three cream eggs. You see, yeah, that's it. Dude, in Tesco's they're now selling, they're now selling Reese's uh, I, eggs. I've though It's like peanut butter eggs. Yeah, they are good. fucking outstanding. Um, they're so good. They're selling all the eggs for three for a pound, like the Oreo ones as well, Cadbury's, lint chocolate ones, like lint bunnies, they're like three for a pound. Out of everything that I've ate so far, and I've ate a lot of different confectionery, those Reese's 
uh, peanut butter eggs are by far the best. Yeah, they are pretty good. They're excellent. They're just the right size. Mm. Like the chocolate on them is really thick. You get like a good mouthful of peanut butter in there. Mm. Go out and buy them. This is not a sponsored <laughs> podcast. Yeah, <clears throat> it could be. I did yeah. say to the women I work with though that like as good as the Reese's ones are, it would be excellent What's to that? try a version of them by somebody who's actually good at making chocolate. Yeah. Because a Reese's chocolate is cheap. You can tell it's cheap as soon as it touches your tongue. But again, it's weird. It's just that kind of cultural thing, though, because our, our friend uh, Jenny, who's uh, <clears throat> originally from the USA, I think she thinks Cadbury's and shit is like cheap and nasty. Cad- Cadbury's is now because it's yeah, owned by an American yeah, company. Yeah. Like, Kraft. it's owned by Kraft. Mm. Or is that Canadian? I think, no, it's, I think it's American. American yeah. But, like, Cadbury's used to be excellent and then when they took it over it became yeah. shit like well, almost I never, really, I don't, I never noticed it was an absolutely completely distinctive yeah. like quality difference immediately I, I don't know I just I don't really kind of eat as much chocolate or whatever but it's the same as if someone said to me about how the quality of proper iron brew it's been so long since I've just kind of gone to the habit of having like full fat iron yeah. brew I couldn't tell you what the fucking original tasted like or what the shit recipe is or how the the stuffing Neil's currently drinking, how that makes any difference to the other two, you know. I I totally does. I've kind of cut out. Tell you, you know I've cut mean? out full sugar drinks, like for the most part as well. But like, there's a guy on my delivery route who like quite frequently gives me like beer, cider, and stuff. And like, he had like a big case of the glass bottles of proper Coca Cola. Wow. And like, he gave us a couple of those. And having not drank like full sugar stuff in fucking ages, it was like ambrosia, man. It was like the most delicious fucking thing in the world when I started drinking it. Well, after a shift, um, especially like say a Friday or Saturday night, there's no better feeling. Like a lot of people say it's a pint, but for me, it's no better feeling than cold, ice cold. Classic full fat coke, coke. just straight down. I, I would still rather like a like a really cold like beer, like one of the kind of stronger ones, like a Stella. Mm. Like after you've had like a really bad shift, like one of those ones, it's like it's got a bit of a punch to it. Yeah, <clears throat> that's not a wife beater joke, by the way. That was <laughs> so on spousal abuse. <laughs> Johnny Depp. <laughs> apparently, he was a victim all along. Yeah, apparently so. Justice for Johnny. What yeah. were you actually going to say? I was just going to ask you how your week's been. Alright, okay. Uh, I bought a bike, which, was that a week ago or was that two weeks ago? I'm not sure, but I've almost died in it like four times already <laughs> because I have never had a driver lesson. I do not know the rules of the road. Uh, anytime I'd be in any kind of similar situation to being on a bike on the road, the only thing that's comparable, and I realise it's not the same, is video games, in which case like they're always tailored where you can just be a fucking maniac. Mm. And apparently that's how I'm in real life because I fucking have no sense of awareness. I've almost been knocked down by a transit van. I almost knocked down a granny. I almost fucking ran over a child. I'm just all over the shop. Like, I'm going through red lights. All sorts of stuff. I would imagine if a cop had seen me at any point over the past week, I would probably be arrested. Mm. How they let people on the road with a bike without any kind of license is beyond me. I'll continue doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like no, I've done sure. it enough times now. Like, see, when I, when I first started riding the bike to work and stuff like that, I was like staying on the pavements because I really didn't like the idea of being on the road. But like going on the road when it was convenient, and that's why I was being like a maniac about it because mm. I was just wasn't really paying attention to what the fuck I was doing. 
But like, I feel like I'm now starting to be more aware of my surroundings after almost killing that granny a couple of days ago. I'm sure you must <clears> be able to do like a quick internet search and you'd be able to see the rules on the road. I, I mean, I could, but that would require effort and a... Yeah. Like, I'm going to download a, an app for like learning how to do the theory test stuff mm. or driving and that. So, like, but I mean, that will cover that stuff. But it is crazy that they let you on the fucking road with a bike. Oh, yeah. I know. You, they used any... to do... Mind you, this has gone back <clears> to <throat> fucking school. I think school. They used to do the cycling proficiency test. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is common sense, but apparently I lack that when I'm on a bike. Mm. So, <laughs> there is that. There are probably a lot of drivers that hate you. Yeah. Well, he's on, he's on a bike on the road. I mean, that so guy... Yeah, that guaranteed. tends to be a driver's hate. That guy yeah. that like nearly knocked me over in the, the, the transit van was because like I just did not slow down going through like a, a an intersection. There's an intersection that seems like an American word. What would we call that? No, it's an intersection. Hey, yeah, so like I just didn't slow down hey, mm. and like didn't see the van until it was like almost too, too late. late. Fucking maniac. But today, yeah. like uh, I've got my cycle home route. I think laid out. I know all the kind of quieter roads and stuff. I've been on the road rather than the pavement the entire time and stopping at traffic lights. I think I've done an alright job today. Still a couple of points where I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going for it." Uh, hey. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, so is that patience thing then. Yeah, like I've never been the most patient person. Yeah. So like sitting at a fucking red traffic light when I could just be like, "Fuck it, I'm just going." Mm. Uh, yeah. You, know, you remember when we were in fucking Poland? <coughs> we hated the fact that you couldn't jaywalk. Yeah. It's illegal to fucking jaywalk in Poland. That, that's mental. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. That's why we all had to stand there like absolute dicks for the fucking green man. I totally forgot that. Mm. No, I remember you had a real problem with that, man. <laughs> also, like, I mean, I get that I'm not supposed to be on the pavement with it and stuff, man. But, like, at half past five in the morning, it's I, I can get from here to work in 19 minutes just absolutely booking it like straight down Paisley Road and then up that big hill but like on the way back just the sheer amount of fucking people yeah, in that yeah. city centre is a nightmare to navigate yeah. what that's your choices is either you know go on the road which I'm still not uh, hugely comfortable mm. with when it's that busy or like just weave your way through people at a totally slow pace you've got those lanes that are just <clears> for cyclists <throat> though they're not everywhere but still they're, yeah they're really not at all man they're just they're not that convenient but, uh, other than that, I've done nothing because my life is shit. <laughs> Seems accurate. Yep. <laughs> what about yourself? <clears throat> oh, since last we did this, uh, fell down in the stairs. No, uh, had a had a bit of a mental breakdown at work. Uh, the day before my granddad's funeral, went to my granddad's funeral. Was pretty ill at the same time. Uh, a lot of it's probably psychosomatic yeah uh, when we pass out you I went to London for a couple of days I uh, went to see Carly Rae Jepsen which was fantastic um, a very good gig did you get stuck down there longer than you intended to yeah well it was Hurricane <coughs> Hurricane it wasn't Hurricane uh, Storm Kira yeah. uh, Storm Kira hit uh, on the Sunday when we were due back so the train we were supposed to get back, um, instead of coming all the way to Glasgow, was then being listed as going to Preston. We got which is fine. You can get a train for Preston to Glasgow. Uh, your ticket was still valid, so we got on the train. 
got as far as we just left Northampton to be told if you go to Glasgow, no joy. There's no trains running Preston to Glasgow. So ended up going back to Milton Keynes. <laughs> Thankfully, could stay with my brother for a night, uh, and then got um, train back up in the morning. That's not bad. Which I mean, is fine. Yeah. Which is fine. But because of, because everybody's tickets were then valid for the next day, trains are mobbed, Even, yeah. uh, which is fine. Got a seat um, up until uh, York, and then had to stand between York and Newcastle. Was like your seat reserved or something? Like you had to. Well, it was actually it was kind of a free for all, but there was still this that original train had reserved seats on it. Mm. Um, but they were just letting you on that train if you if you had tickets from the day before, <coughs> uh, and it was fine. We had Newcastle and the train emptied, and we were back on the seats. Um, other than that, just been back at work. Did Carly Ray Jepsen have a support? Uh, we didn't go to the support because um, by the time we got time we got to London um, and kind of got ourselves together and went in bobbies and stuff like that um, <clears throat> we decided we'd have a sleep uh, and we turned up at the gig about 10 minutes before Calorie Jepson came on Did you just get a chance to do anything else when you were down there? Not really No nah. We also went to a Nippon Kitchen Ah yes we did Which yeah, was, was fucking was a excellent. really good lunch Yeah like, I ordered a pork ramen, Tommy, and, like, I've never seen as much pork in a... You mentioned that, yeah. ...like mm-hmm. a serving. It was, it was loads. It was huge. It was great. Yeah, yeah it was a really good lunch. So I had a <coughs> bento box, which is a good mix of different stuff. Uh, I'd easily recommend going there. Yeah. Best kind of, like, ramen-type place I've been to in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. I've not really been to, like, loads of them. But, like, it's definitely better than Wagamama for me. And oh. and achievement. Okay. Yeah. So other than that, I've just been at work. It's been even with it being Valentine's week. Apparently, Valentine's is a week now in the restaurant mm-hmm. business. Uh, Fuck that. Yeah. Do you guys change your prices because of this? No, we've put, we've got a set menu. Hmm. Which, if you want to have that, you can have that. If not, it's just I take it this is like a total nightmare shift. Well, I did. It was three hundred for lunch this morning, uh, today. When I left, it was still five hundred and sixty to come in for dinner. Um, tomorrow's about eight hundred all day. I take it though, like this is the best time for tips and stuff. Oh, tips should be all right. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I mean, like it's bad, but if you're getting extra yeah. cash out of it like, well if you, you think like, if you think Christmas we were projected to do 16 grand <clears throat> weeks and this week we're projected to do something like uh, 13 grand so you're not far not off for Christmas kind of busyness cool also doesn't help that it's been half term so the schools have all been off yeah yeah that's been shit yeah. I mean that doesn't make any difference to me but I can see how that would be yeah it just means there's, there's more fucking people kind of been about. rammed about the fucking place man horrible pool's been rammed shite <laughs> so, will we talk about movies? Yeah, yeah we can do. Have you anybody seen Birds of Prey? I have. What do you think? Uh, right, okay, I'll preface it with the statement that I don't like Margot Robbie. Okay. As an actress. I liked her in I, Tonya, and that. She's hot and I like her. <laughs> but, but no, you I haven't I... met her, Tommy. That's the distinction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... I, I, fi- I feel she's a Kim Basinger. 
of this of this era. Oh, that's harsh. And that she has probably two really good films in her, and the rest she's just there. Oof. I so, think she's already had more than two good films. Yeah. And like even then, like Suicide Squad was shit, but she was good in it. I see. This is the other part of my faith profession is I also think Harley Quinn is one of the worst DC characters. I would agree ever with that. Invented. I think she's ridiculous. I mean, I, I actually disagree with that because I think a lot of DC characters are fucking ridiculous. There is but a lot. She is one of the ridiculous she, ones. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't <clears> like Margot Robbie, and I don't like Harley Quinn. So, given that, I actually quite enjoyed Birds of Prey. I've heard again it's, from Andy Connor that it's yeah, really violent. Um, they've made a Deadpool movie. Yeah, that's what it looked like. It's pre- like, certainly the first half of that film is just it's a Deadpool movie. Um, it's right, so it's full title. Harley, uh, Birds of Prey are the Emancipation of One Harley, fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yeah, that used to be the title. yeah. Because it performed so poorly at the box office over the weekend, it has now been changed to Bird, uh, Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn semicolon Birds of uh, sorry colon Birds of Prey, which they should kind of have done that in the first place because it seemed like it was so fucking focused on. Well, her. I don't understand why they don't just call it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Yeah, because that makes more sense in terms of the way that the film's made out. Because essentially. This is a Harley Quinn movie. The whole thing's a Harley Quinn vehicle. You get that on the trailer. The, the, bur- the Birds of Prey being Huntress, Cassandra Cain, and uh, Black Canary. Although they never really call her Black Canary in it. And uh, Renee Montoya. They're just there. Was Cassandra Cain a villain before she became Bat- Batgirl? No, because the Cassandra Cain... And, well, the comic book <coughs> Cassandra Cain... Was she was a voiceless ninja woman? Uh, I don't really know the exact backstory of her, um, because that was when I wasn't really reading Batman at the time. Um, but the Cassandra Kane in this is like a 15 year old Chinese girl who lives in Black Canary's building and is also a pickpocket. She does become like Batwoman, not in this, though, no. Probably. Not not in this movie or just not in uh, that not like, in this movie. Universe. I, and to be honest, going with the the actress I've chosen for this, I can't see them going down that line either. Right. Um but they're all oh, the birds of prey they're just kind of they're just there. Yeah. Like they're you get you get backstory on Huntress. Uh, which is who is portrayed by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is the weakest thing in the whole film. Surprise! Because surprise. she's not particularly very good. No, she's not. She is a piece of wood. In yeah. Everything she's in. Yeah. She yeah. Lacks charisma. Looks like a deer in headlights when she's delivering uh, lines. Uh, yeah, I've never rated her. Yeah, and you never rated her, and you won't like her in this either, Tommy, because she can, she just does what she does. I no. See, the thing is, like, I'm like oh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and I'm like. I know exactly what this is going to entail now. Yeah. To be fair, she was alright in Gemini Man, but that's not really saying much, given Gemini Man is what it is. But uh, she's like, I'm like, yeah. So she's just gonna, she's, she's a bit like oh, Paul Bettany's fucking wife was saying, beautiful mind, uh, Labyrinth. Oh, um, Jennifer Connelly. She yeah, is like Jennifer Connelly, in which and I then feel she like can't emote her way out of Jennifer Connelly's married to Paul Bettany. Yeah. yeah. 
It's uh, like seeing um, Iron Man, like is it not Iron Man? I think it's Avengers. Jennifer Connelly, she not voice, she voices um, not Iron Man's um, com, but she voices another com, and it's like a nod because of the fact that Paul Bettany and her are mm. kind of married. Right. Yeah, because I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know she was in that until someone said that. I was like, oh, that's a kind of cool wee nod because they're, they're a couple in that. Um, but um, she's also going to be in Top Gun Maverick. But I, I like films that Jennifer Connelly's in, but I tend to think she's the weakest in it, even in like Requiem for a Dream, which is, you know, hmm. a ferocious nightmare. <laughs> um, carry on. Sorry. So, yeah, Birds of Prey. Uh, so, um, where was it? Uh, the lassie that plays Black Canary, who I will just get her name, is actually pretty good. Is um, she? Uh, is she Black Canary, a character from Arrow. Is that the lawyer? Uh, yeah. She is Wall- a character in Arrow, but she is also uh, a Justice Leaguer. Uh, also, at this point, I've realised I'm kind of doing a lot of kind of low, kind of throaty noises. I'm. Getting the cold, I'm pretty sure, which means Tommy Noel probably getting it now as well. I apologise. Well, for I've it. already had it. So, Journey Smollett Bell is her name. She's one of the more kind of standout actresses in, in this. Hmm. Um, the version of Black Canary she plays is she is a club singer. She works for Roman Sionis, who is Black Mask, who is portrayed by Ewan McGregor. Who is he? Right. I really liked Ewan McGregor in this. He plays it. Okay. Is um, is he having the time of his life? Yeah, he's, he just chews his way through. He doesn't. Because I always think, like, see when I seen him cast as it, I'm like, he always lacks commitment. I think Ewan McGregor, when it comes to this, when it comes to a lot of his movie roles, I'm like, it's like you're there, but you're you're not fully there. Whereas in this, no, I'm like, I kind of see him as. I was like. He, looks he like, might be a bit empty. He like looks like he looks like he's having fun. Right. The version of Black Mask that they do in this isn't anything like the comics. Okay. Like if you know Batman comics, Black Mask is generally a very kind of straight gangster kind of Aye. cruelty kind of guy. Mm. And whilst they keep the cruelty element of it, mm. uh, he's a lot more flamboyant. Um, you got that from the trailer because he's, he's, like, he's a club owner and he's. Is he a pimp? He's kind of in everything. He's trying. Right. He's trying to take over uh, the city. Right. Um, leans. Lean, the film itself leans very heavy into kind of LGBTQ. Uh, not in a. Not in a diversity way, mm. but in a. There's just that kind of element, and you get a lot of that kind of queer element out of <laughs> uh, the black mask character and. Right. Uh, it's never entirely stated that he's henchman Victor Zaz mm. um, as his boyfriend, but you kind of get that feeling from that, that they've they're, they're involved or have yeah, involved somehow. Yeah, there's an involvement right. somewhere. It's right. like a bit where somebody walks into the room and you see him feeding another one a, a bit of sausage roll. No, it's it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like the bit in Jojo Rabbit. That's what I was talking about. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not a sausage roll, but I know it's like a pie or something. But yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> now that you mention it, actually, I'm surprised that this hasn't been. Like marketed as like a huge feminist. Uh, oh, it thing. has. It totally has, has it? Yeah, I haven't seen any. All of that. the lassies banding together, yeah, man. It, it get marketed as a this film is not for boys, and that's okay. I was just about to sing your praises for like, not doing that. No, so it, it, fuck it, this it totally, thing, it totally man. Totally did that. Why? Um, fuck's sake. But the birds of prey. That's a legit group, and Harley Quinn is. Is she in it? Is she in the comics? 
as of the next comic that's coming out, well, she's in it. Wonder why that is. Yeah, wonder why that is. Um, See, this is the thing though. It's cool that it's an established thing. It would be cool if they just fucking released the movie and let it just have its own merits. Like, using feminism as marketing is something that is getting increasingly more fucking aggravating. Is like, Disney have already fucked it, like, entirely. And now DC are doing the same thing because it's making money for Disney. I'm not, like, sitting here doing the whole fucking... So you hate hot women you've shit. not met? No, I hate, <laughs> I hate serious issues being fucking used to... Being belittled to fucking sell tickets to shitty films. Hmm. It's fucking annoying, man. Cut that shit out. Like, let them fucking stand by their own fucking merits. Not, like, force this bullshit, you know, just creating... Jeez, man, that's a black statement. Is is this one of these, the the opinions of Jordan Peterson, if not the opinions of Raptors in the Kitchen? Jordan Peterson. (laughs) How offensive... (laughs) I could not be further fucking removed from Jordan Peterson. Um, but yeah, so... Carry on. Right, so yeah, carry on. <coughs> I'll have you know I took the uh, political compass test again this week and I'll, I am now more liberal than Gandhi. <laughs> um, so, going back to my dislike of Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie's general portrayal of Harley Quinn coming from mainly Suicide Squad... Mm. Uh, what was she in another one? What is it? What film she's in? Yeah, um, Harley Quinn or Margot no, Robbie? No, it was it was just Suicide Squad, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is right. she's got this, and then Suicide Squad two's introduction. Yeah. Right, right. So the very the version of her that she plays in Suicide Squad, this seems like a far more toned down good version of her because she's completely obnoxious in Suicide Squad, mm. and for the vast majority of this. I actually thought like, she's fine. Uh, there's a couple of moments where I thought I was kind of obnoxious, uh, but more often was not. I was fine with her portrayal of it to the point where I thought yeah, you're actually doing a good enough job. See if I can just disassociate that you're the character Harley Quinn. That's fine, no problem. <clears throat> yeah, I wasn't like. I mean, I I don't really hate the character Harley Quinn. Um, Batman animated series, I thought it was uh, like a good character. It was kind of examined yeah. I, fully. I like I like that version of Harley yeah, Quinn. Examined fully, whereas this um, the voice acting for that drives me insane. I hate it. See what, the, like that, that gangster mall thing that no the the like the animated series Harley Quinn kind of does Mr. that. Mr. J. Well, well see, Margot Robbie, Margot does, Robbie that. does that, but Margot Robbie puts on that full kind of Brooklyn accent as well, which makes it even more annoying to me. But again, it's kind of toned down a wee bit. Mm. Um, And there's enough going on around her to kind of make, although she has a focal point, make it seem, yeah, make it less grating. But for, totally for me, like the standout, that kept the film going, making it enjoyable was Ewan McGregor. Okay. Okay. I really enjoyed yeah. his version of Black Mask. So the plot's pretty basic, though, right? It's like essentially they just start the, up like a feud with him, and like well, the plot, the plot, the plot, uh, the plot is that Harley Quinn has broken up with the Joker, uh, but she hasn't told anybody because as soon as she tells, as soon as it becomes common knowledge, uh, her immunity to anything right. kind of goes out the window. Right. Because like the whole kind of the kind of whole opening is pretty much breaks up the Joker right at the start. Is the Joker in this? Very very briefly, you don't see his face. Right. 
uh, and it is it's literally very very briefly mm-hmm. um, so she like does stuff in Black Mask Club uh, like break a guy's legs things like that um, but yeah like she's not protected anymore but no they all they all still think she's protected right, right, right. it's until she does a certain thing at the start people realise that she's not protected yeah. and ugh, it's in the first five minutes so I'll just tell you she blows up acne chemicals yeah, it's that trailer. Right, you see that in trailer. And that's her big fuck you to the Joker. Like, mm-hmm. I'm blowing up that place. Thing. So this is one thing where I think the plot fails. Because mm-hmm. it's set in Gotham City. Mm-hmm. She blows up Acme Chemicals, right? Mm-hmm. Goes home, cuts about, goes and gets a sandwich. And suddenly it's like the next day. And then people start realising, oh, she's no the Joker anymore. And people start chasing her down. It becomes like open season on her. Anybody. That's, that's where the John Wick things come yeah, in. Yeah, that's right, the John Wick right, thing. See, so yeah. anybody who's ever seen a Batman film or read a Batman comic would know that see as soon as Acme Chemicals blows up. Batman. See, even 20 minutes. Yeah. Batman would be on the scene. <laughs> and she leaves. She's got a, a necklace with a big J on it, which everybody knows is hers. Mm. So she leaves that on the scene. Batman would know. Harley Quinn did this. Batman would have her battered within an hour. Is that there, happening? Is there any? No, one's about it. No, Bat- just, she would. It's, Batman it's, would have her interaction yeah. within an hour and a half. <laughs> is there any? The film, is film it's just the idea that he would go batter her it and then just is like I mean, that, then the police would show. That, yeah. that was like one of the good things in a Arkham Asylum, though, where it's like she's like such a big character throughout like a lot of that game. And then when it comes to the boss fight with her, Batman punches her one, <laughs> and the fight is done. <laughs> punches her once, even. Uh, is there like a throwaway line as to why Batman doesn't show? No, the do- Batman is barely mentioned. You didn't, you didn't just miss like a line or something. I watched this sober. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it, what, once I kind of went, yeah, that's dumb. That, that's exactly what would happen. Okay, fair enough. Rolling on. It'd be a short movie. It would be a short movie. Yeah, it was yeah. just like she does that, then Batman just knocks yeah. her out. And then it be- then it just be- it becomes quite a- it becomes birds of prey or the fantabulous battering of Harley Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is the point where we're now all cancelled for laughing uh, at a. And it, it just becomes a fun. Like, it is a fun romp. The action's pretty good. Um, I believe it's choreographed by the people who do the John Wick films, John. and you can you can see that. Uh, but there's also then another scene, maybe about an hour, 40 minutes into it, where it's like she goes into a police, I believe it's in the trailer, where she goes into a police station, she's firing beanbag guns at Polis. Mm. And it's like, you have just walked into a crowded police station, you are Harley Quinn, not a single policeman draws a weapon and has and fires at her. That is ludicrous. They would anyway. shoot the fuck out of her. I know, man, crime's rife in Gotham. Yeah. Fucking guy should be walking about with AKs. <laughs> like Renee Montoya, within five minutes of seeing her on the street, pulls a weapon on her. Why is nobody else doing it? It's kind of silly. Like, like, like you said, a lot of it, like from what you said, it's a fun romp and it's yeah, silly. It's in the sense fun, that it's, it's right, we're gonna have this scene, but it's it's not really about that. It's just to protect the character yeah, and move the plot along it, because it, it's, it's not really about that. Yeah, it's, it, fun it's fun. It's it. silly. There's some. Yeah. Really good action scenes. There's one fight 
near the end, which I think goes on just a wee bit too long. Mm. Um, does this have any supernatural element to it? Does this end with a sky laser? Right, that that was in a. That, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to know if that is. I'm probably going to watch this after this podcast, so I kind there, of there's, don't want to know that. At no point does the film ever allude to people having superpowers or anything like that. Right, it just doesn't, but, it just doesn't really come into it because that that was like one of Suicide Squad's biggest fucking weaknesses was like. Just how absolutely unrelatable everything became towards well, the end. Yeah. Let, let me but ask you this: Neil. Th- Is this the film Suicide Squad should have been in terms of the tone, in terms of how it's presented, the, the fight? Is it like? Is it actually is quite stylistic? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's got it's got a it's got a look. Yeah. You know, got a style. It's, it's very colourful. Like a lot of deep pinks and purples because of HDR. There's a lot of purples and pinks. The yeah. soundtrack's really good. It's a really good slice yeah. soundtrack. Because that's the kind of vibe I'm getting from it, whereas David Ayer can make a good movie. It's but he, makes very, he makes more grounded films. Yeah, like, I mean, for every, like, what was the one he did with Arnie, where it was just rubbish? It's, uh, Is that sabotage? sabotage? He did, for every, like, you've got Sabotage and Suicide Squad, but then you've got, like, um, end, end of... Uh, End, End of Watch. End of Watch, which is fucking <laughs> amazing. Is that yeah. the Michael Peña one? Yeah, the one with him and Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. yeah. which was fucking amazing. You're like, wow, and then he made Suicide Squad. You're yeah. like, wow, just strike that balance with his, with, with, with the certain Man, End of Watch was fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah. I remember like me and you were, it was me, you and one other person watched, were in the screen, we didn't know them, and I was just sad that how empty it was, because I was like, this is yeah. like movie of the year. Is it Kathy Yan that's the director? It is, yes. Yeah. So it's like, it seems like, Director of Birds of, Birds of, Birds of Prey. Prey. So it seems like she's kind of struck, from what you're telling me, the kind of right tone that Suicide Squad was kind of going for. Yeah, it's de- it's definitely the, that kind of more fun kind of romp kind of tone. Yeah, with a Suicide, like Suicide Squad, Squad wasn't. <laughs> Which I think, like, Gunn will probably bring to Suicide Squad too. 100%. Um, Do you know, I actually had it in my head, because, like, all the stuff with uh, James Gunn feels like that was years ago at this point, I actually thought this was the one that he was... Maybe. No, it's it. He is currently shooting Suicide uh, Sorry, the Suicide Squad. Uh, and apparently, um, Harley Quinn's look is more towards the animated series right. uh, from some I, of the pictures. I bet that is like one scene. Probably. Probably. It's just that that's what they've kind of been teasing yeah. recently. Right. So that'll either be like the intro or. Uh, like the last scene because you'll see it in like a shop window or some yeah. shit. And just be Maybe. Like, but you, it's it's strange how like you can just get. I mean, I think I'm not familiar with any of Kathy Ann's other work. I think um, yeah. I was actually just looking to see what was there, and but it's it's just when it's you get, not anything which when you I get know the right either. director to a franchise. Like it can make all the difference. Like you said, James Gunn, I think will bring, given the work he did with Guardians of the Galaxy, that kind of fun camaraderie romp element to the Suicide Squad, which is needed. This seems like it's already kind of laid. Mm. Uh, the breadcrumbs, uh, or sorry, laid the seeds for it, and it's the same as reading that Sam Raimi might be Doctor, the next director, oh, Doctor Strange, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, he might do what Taco Atiti did for Thor. Did he and not I'm bring like, out like a trailer for the Doctor Strange thing recently? No, nah, no. What am I thinking of? Uh, the WandaVision one, probably. Yeah, they like WandaVision. I've never seen Doctor Strange in something recently. I don't know. I oh, I think I, I think she's in. Um, Doctor Strange too. Yeah, so much. I, yeah. I think there might be a bit of a crossover. Mm-hmm. Right, sticking with the superhero stuff. So, have you seen the pictures of Batsy? Yeah. 
<laughs> Again, thanks Andy Connor for the, showing me this this the morning. The bat symbol on his chest apparently made out of the gun that killed his parents. That's lame. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he I, does look a lot like the Marvel Netflix uh, Daredevil. Daredevil. Daredevil, yeah. Yeah, uh, given it's a red backdrop, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got the kind of kind of the chin for it. Like, and he looks good, but again, it's early days. That is yeah. just a shot. It's the same so, as like. I mean, I think it looks better than the Ben Affleck one, which I never liked because I it, just, it, looked, it looked like something that a child made in a fucking paper, paper mache art class. I disagree. I thought Affleck's Affle- Affle- one, Affle- one was alright. It just it leaned very heavily into Dark Knight Returns. It was definitely better than the one with the nipples that George Aye. Clooney had in there. Yeah. Whereas, or was it Val Kilmer? That was Val Kilmer and Clooney. Clooney. The nip- they both wore one that had nipples on it. Yeah. Joel Schumacher introduced the nipples. Yeah. Um, right. Like, at this point, I feel like they don't deviate where they designed the costume that much that when you see the new Batsuit you're just like whatever I think it looks a wee bit like it looks like a cross between Bale and the Arkham uh, suit Mm -hmm. Um, which I wouldn't be surprised if because they're going to want to make it distinctive and their own thing I think it's about time that somebody made one of those suits that didn't just look like an iteration of all the ones that have been in the movies in the past like it's about time to like change that up in a significant way like I think Keaton's one looks like Keaton. Like Keaton has his one. Uh, unfortunately, Val Kilmer and Clooney have their one. Bale has his. But they're ones. they're all so similar, though. Mm. I mean, look at. I, I know it's not the same thing, but look at Spider Man as a comparison, right? Like even within all the Spider Man movies, like it changes like a little bit between each one. But then you when we look at the Spider Verse, like the suits in well, uh, was it Welcome to the Spider Verse. Into called? the Spider Verse. Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. Oh, like, yeah. They were like different they were really good yeah it's amazing what you can do in an animated film yeah that's what yeah. I was going to say but, but yeah. even the Batman animated stuff is the same it's like the suit never really changes that that much well, I don't know it depends what, depends yeah, what ones what Batman, Batman, Batman Beyond looked different I guess yeah. well, in the future, right? other than that though, they were all just but, all right, does Keaton's one look like Affleck's one Nope. No. They, they look really similar. George Clooney's does not look like Christian Bale's. Does Kevin Conroy's look like Christian Bale's? No. <laughs> they look really similar. Does Adam West's look like Kevin? Any of them? I'll give you Kevin the, Conroy's give you one. The Kevin Conroy's looks like Adam West. Exactly, and also looks more like uh, Ben Affleck's one. But then Michael Keaton's one looks really similar to Christian Bale's one, and no, no, and the ones it's with the nipples. When's the last time you watched Batman Forever? They're just Batman black suits with a cape. It's like, not. See, but that, Bat- that's Batman's whole thing. Yeah, yeah but, but it's been Batman's whole thing for like half a century. Seeing Batman well, you and Robin, for, you it's purple and silver. Are you want to the Batman and Zen Lar? What's the one? One of the skins in the Batman Arkham games is like a pure white. Batsuit. What was that in? Um, oh. Seeing see see Batman nothing, and Robin. That was in nothing. That's yeah. a made up for in, that in Batman game. Batman and Robin, like when they're going to fight um, Arnie for the last time, it's blue and silver they've all got with nipples. Yeah. Even the uh, um, the nipples are key. Yeah. Uh, even the. I think even Batgirl has some form the, of nipples, uh, which again is like, what the yeah, fuck? The weird. design for the Arkham Knight in Arkham Knight. Like is a, a kind of a modern take on a Batman suit, but it's like all kind of electronic and stuff. It looks like, looks like it's made a like future tech. Like that do something a, like that. That might be a take on. I think it's the Dark Knight Returns where uh, Batman, who's an older gentleman than that, and again it is a graphic novel, has a more advanced kind of suit. Um, towards the end. I mean, like the only one I can really think of 
that's been in a movie go and look stands at stills it's like the, the Batman v Superman one where he's in like the essentially just cast iron effort a uh, Oh, and and the comic he uses it to electrocute Superman, but like I don't think that happens in the movie, does it? Honestly, go back and look at stills of Keaton, Clooney, Kilmer, Bale, Affleck, and there is a distinct change look. up, change they, up. It's time. Oh, they do though. <laughs> but anyway, circling back to your original question, Tom, yeah. there's a char- the character of Black Canary. If you've any knowledge of the comics, or even if you've watched Arrow, uh, um, she has she has a power, and up until she's essentially Banshee from X Men in it. She yeah, can, like, she can, she can, she can scream, smashes you, glass. You, you get you get a scene quite early on where she's doing her club singer thing, and she she's uh, the voice is the glass, a glass one glass shatters alright okay we don't go too um, talk but okay. at no point do they say oh she's got powers it's ridiculous and man no, and all it, the glass shattered in rapid fire yeah. and that was the 80s and at no point throughout the film does anybody say any, anybody's got powers so in the kind of the kind of climax kind of scenes suddenly you go right canary do your thing and she goes yeah. and uh, it, I found it a little jarring just because there's, there's been, lack of there's been so nothing now we have a superpower here. and it's now alright you've got a superpower which I knew you had mm. but because you've, it's not really been mentioned it's and I understand why they haven't mentioned it because they want that to be the big kind of thing at the end that it's like alright okay that seems weird thanks okay what bit in rapid fire does that happen <laughs> every single time every single time anything is made out of glass in the movie rapid fire starring Brandon Lee like and Powers Booth I always forget that Powers Booth Every bad, single thing that's made out of glass in that movie just spontaneously shatters at every point. Alright, like nobody's thrown through it, it just No, it's, like no one sings out it. Does something explode? Like, it, when they're in the restaurant, the coat rack turns out to be like a mounted machine gun turret and wow. they, they just like decide to shoot everything made out of glass in there. But like, yeah, like that movie, I don't think anything that's made out of glass survives the runtime of that film. I mean, in the 80s, you didn't really have to do a lot to smash glass. It's like we were talking when we were talking about Manhunter ages ago, and it's at one point, um, Will Graham just just it runs through, through a fucking pane of glass and is fine. I feel like I bring this up every time, but it's making me think of it again. The Arnie, bitch, Arnie and Commando no, just Hall- runs through ha- fucking glass doors. Halloween Part Two, where like he just fucking walks through the door to the hospital without like shatters. any any kind of semblance of recognition, and it just it is very much a controlled. Right, three, two, one, shatter, and that's mm-hmm. it. But yeah, but yeah, I'm no. surprised you've seen Halloween. Too. I think you forced me to watch it. It was either you or Tommy. How dare you? Um, okay. Uh, I definitely will watch it. Um, I thought that it looked shit. Um, not ra- um, rapid fire is not great, but I would watch rapid fire again. I would. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do want to watch Birds of Prey. I I um, would watch Birds of Prey again. I'm just surprised. Like you know, we were talking about the, the change of the title. It's not like you don't know Harley yeah. Quinn is the center of that. Exactly. Movie. And yeah. all the posters, she's front and center. The trailer is all about like, her. Change, like, changing so, the name of that isn't gonna. Yeah, that's yeah, again. I just feel like it's like this DC execs being like, right, well. Mm. Mm, you know, we did pull on the thirty. We expected thirty million. We only got twenty four. What if we change the title yeah, because that will change everybody's perception of the film? You're like, bullshit. No. That's Does, so dumb. Like in the games industry, like a there's been a few times in like the past couple of years where a game does super fucking shit, 
gets like a really bad score and Metacritic, and then like they change the name of it because then it gets like yeah, so they can game yeah. that system. Yeah. Like, is there any any equivalent like that to movies? Like, I, does I, it, the name change? It somehow distance it from no, the, because the bad press. It's in the first still couple of weeks? the film is the film, the, and it's marketed that way. Yeah, like technically the film is still called Birds of Prey: The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, but they're just it's they're allowing movie theaters now to put that as the title front and center. That's, it's yeah. it's like the whole um, Edge of Tomorrow thing. Well, that was different. That was just like a, a localization thing, right? Where it's like it was called something different. Over in America, it's called Live Die Repeat. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was just a tagline. Well, Live Die Repeat of Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, Live Die Repeat is the name of the manga that Edge of Tomorrow was based on. It was was originally called Live Die Repeat. All right, but like they thought that nobody would watch that. Yeah, that movie was also fucking great. Yeah, yeah. So many fans in the second one. Is that happening? I I thought Doug Lyman was definitely doing it. I've not read the manga, but apparently that is really good as well. That was a good movie, man. Um, so Lighthouse? Yeah, uh, me and Danny went and watched that. I was very much looking forward to it. It's directed by Robert Eggers, who did The Witch. Uh, what was I, your opinion of The Witch? Yeah, I really enjoyed The Witch. Yeah, yeah, I, I really it liked The Witch. kind of took its time. Um, it was kind of a slow burner kind mm. of horror. Um, and this, like, The Lighthouse was, like, after Cannes, it was the film everybody was talking about. Um it's got Willem Dafoe, it's got Robert Pattinson, black and white. It seems like this kind of really <clears throat> claustrophobic kind of thriller. Doesn't really, it didn't really tell you anything what it was about. It was just like a flash of images and I'm like, right, I kind of want to watch that. Um, maybe a bit like um, Midsummer, I set my expectations too high. Right, okay. That's um, what I say. <laughs> because I do want to watch, I'm no rush to watch this film again because... This film is a two-hour endurance test. <clears throat> the whole thing is about uh, these two guys in on the uh, like on this island, uh, tending this lighthouse, and the duties that be in nineteen fucking canteen or whatever. It's way back when, um, but it, you're basically following these two characters, doing their day-to-day things, and basically you're watching Patson kind of lose his mind. Um, with a wee bit of Willem Dafoe in there as well. And you as the audience, are sp- the, the way the film kind of plays on it is you, the audience, are along for the journey. So you're kind of starting to feel fatigue. You're starting to kind of be disillusioned with what you're seeing because there's a lot of things in it where Robert Eggers kind of goes full David Lynch where there's a lot of kind of images in it where you're like, I don't really know why that's happening, but is, is this a hallucination? Is it a dream? And then there's times where it is that. And then there's like other like kind of how dialogue heavy is it? No, like there's a lot of dialogue in it, and there's a lot of kind of old seaman chat. Uh, Willem Dafoe's really good in it. Uh, R. Pats is really good in it as well. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Not actual seaman. Seamen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shanty chat. Um, but yeah, um, Willem Dafoe's good in it. R. Pats Apparently, we're all still children. Good to know. Uh, I like, just you you said I would hate this movie. I think you would absolutely. But I think you would be bored. Out one of, of my favorite arse. things uh, in media is like the whole kind Simon of yes, human chat. The whole kind of breakdown of identity and like when people start to question who they are. Like I, I fucking I love just, Scanner Darkly. I love Waking Life. I, I love several episodes of Star Trek. 
<laughs> I don't know. I just think that you would find it very boring. Um, Neil, I think, would enjoy it. Um, Danny, after about a day and a half, came to the conclusion that, that he, he did, did like enjoy it. it. Um, the jury's still out for me. I liked a lot about it, but um, I don't know. I, as I said, I'm, I'm in no rush to watch it because it is it's an endurance test. See between Scanner Darkly and Mulholland Drive, what does it kind of edge more towards? You can't really compare those films yeah, to very different yeah. films. But it like what what is this? What what is it more like? Is it more like a David Lynch wank fest? Or is it like a Richard Linklater masterpiece? Uh, I haven't seen... I've only seen A Scanner Darkly once and I really enjoyed it. Um, and there's maybe elements to what Keanu Reeves' character is going through. But in terms of Im- uh, images, David Lynch. David Lynch. Yeah. Um, Avoid. But uh, I... I will, to be I, fair, The Witch did a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well. You really, this director's got a real thing about folk getting pecked by birds. Right. You see a lot of that in this film. Um, eventually. Um, but yeah, I... Without spoiling anything, mm-hmm. nod if you have to. Mm-hmm. Is Willem Dafoe in Robert Pattinson's imagination? Don't answer that. Don't answer that at all. Alright, you don't want me to answer it? No. Okay. I kind of do. Don't answer that. <laughs> Alright, well I'll when you're right, not, okay, okay, when you're not when you're not looking, I'll do a gesture to Neil. Um <clears> but yeah, I oh, I have got mixed feelings about the film. There's a lot I liked about it. I thought it looked really good. Um it's very well shot. Um both Patsy and Defoe are good in it. Um a lot of the I love every time like I know you've you call, you've called him Patsy for years, but I still think of Patsy Kens it every single time. Um <laughs> But, uh, and I always think of cocaine anytime you mention Patsy yeah. Kenzie. Ah, it's our Pats and Mike Patsy. Uh, but yeah, um, he's good in it. Uh, there's a lot of visual imagery that's really good in it. Um, it's black and white in it. Yeah, there's a lot of times where it's it's hilarious uh, when it's supposed to be poetic. <laughs> um, and there's a couple of bits me and Danny full on fucking laughed at, but they, Wait, they were pretty is, funny. Is it supposed to? Is, is it like? It's not like a dark comedy though, right? It's not like there's times it is quite funny and it is comedic, but it's is it it's, it's a, comedy in the face of kind of is the absurdity of the situation more than anything else. I don't know about the absurdity. It's more it's a dark thriller with comedic elements in it. Right. Uh, but yeah, so that was the lighthouse. Have you watched anything else? Because yeah. uh, right now that's a good segue into Parasite. But have you got something else to talk about? Uh, I. Uh, on the basis of Neil's um, review, I went and watched Just Mercy. It's good, isn't it? It's very good. It's very was good that time. only this mm. week? I feel like you've been talking about that for ages. Yeah, well, we've not really done that. Well, it's been about two weeks since yeah. we had. Has it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, um, when <clears throat> I seen the trailer, I was like, yeah, I like everybody in this. It looks like very ticks the boxes like, so, it, like it wants just in case people don't know it's the uh, Jamie Foxx movie where he is a lawyer someone no 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 Jamie Foxx um, has been convicted for a crime he didn't commit Michael B. Jordan is the young kind of right. idealistic lawyer who wants to help people uh, in Alabama I think it is uh, who can't afford uh, counsel so he's basically there and he's looking at certain cases and he happens to take on uh, Jamie Foxx's one um, and it very much ticks the boxes of like Oscar bait 
kind of. Oh, quite, it's totally lost. Going to be. It, but uh, and it's uh, there's a lot of like tropes and cliches that you will see in the film. Mm. It just happens to be that this is done very well. Yeah. Like it's not just it's not just a cheese fest where you're like, ah. it's like you watch it. The dialogue's excellent. Mm. Um, Jamie Fox, it's arguably his second best performance, if not his best. What's his best? Uh, Ray oh, or yeah. Collateral. <laughs> um, he's done a lot of good films as well. Yeah. like I, I'm not a huge fan of Quentin Tarantino, but like he was good as Django. Yeah, I, I recently rewatched Ray, and he's, he's fucking excellent. Also, man. really, really good as Electro in Spider-Man. That's right, man. <laughs> yeah, that bit where he drum yeah. and bass is the thing. That's great. I mean, that was great. Like you're, <laughs> you're joking, but that was like genuinely brilliant. Yeah. Um, he's excellent, and Michael B. Jordan is again continues to kind of. Uh, be show. consistently great yeah, yeah. Um, Brie Larson's good in it I mean she it doesn't feel like she has a lot to do in it but what she, she does yeah, she, she stands she, out she's very much just kind of there yeah because that person exists yeah but it does a really it, the film does a really um, <clears throat> without seeming without seeming too long or uh, affecting pace is able to analyse everybody's relationship uh, sorry, uh, like everybody's character and their relationship to like Jamie Foxx, you've got a part of the plot where he's got a relationship with two convicts, and that's really mm-hmm. quite heartwarming and heartbreaking. You've got Michael B. Jordan um, coming into Alabama and like kind of learning a lot about like the race issues down there. Uh, Brie Larson again, she is a white woman helping um, a lot of African Americans and is kind of shunned by a lot of folk because she's supporting someone who apparently was a killer because. Mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx's case is okay. They've basically they've made up their minds that he definitely did it. Mm. Why would you ever want to try and help this convicted killer as opposed to well maybe he did, he didn't do yeah. it. Um, I thought the dialogue was excellent. Um, and I just thought everything about it was genuinely uh, very good. I thought it was criminally overlooked at the Oscars, yeah. especially the screenplay. And for uh, Jamie Foxx, absolutely should have got a nomination. Um, and I think it's a shame because. It's one of those films that is just going to fade into the, the, the background, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you're going to see it on Netflix and be like, "Holy fuck, what a film that was!" It's just it's it's not getting the recognition I feel it deserves. Do films like still manage to get like cult status in the way they used to? Absolutely, oh, yeah, absolutely. So. But as more, I would say more so more now when than then. Kind of move to like a streaming service or something like that. Yeah, you'll get. though, like the information on like what a film is and how good it is though is like out there so readily like when things are released that people kind of know if it's going to be shit or not right but it's no. like things like the Blues Brothers when it came out like totally tanked in the cinema but then like became a cult hit over time I, I don't know about does to- that really I don't know about totally tanked it maybe didn't make the, the money it was hoping but it's it's always like because I had big stars in it as well I mean it was an all star yeah, kind of effort it's a, a lot a lot in a lot of cases some you get films that come out and they just don't hit because maybe kind of the time when it comes out is just not right. Mm-hmm. It's the wrong kind of time. It's the wrong kind of... Like you talk about films being summer movies. Mm. There's also, I think, the concept of a winter movie. Like over winter, you get a lot more of your kind of Oscar-style stuff, a lot more of your uh, kind of thrillers and dramas will come out over the summer. Uh, sorry, over winter. And a lot of these can go into a cinema and they just got overlooked because they're there. Yeah. Nobody really knows a lot about them. Like a lot of your kind of independent stuff, like Booksmart was one like that. Yeah, that's on but Netflix. Booksmart's a really good film. Everyone raved about um, it. But nobody went to see it. Yep. That uh, was one actually I intended to go watch and just yeah. did it. It's on Netflix. Uh, Ladybird was like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So you get film, a lot of films like that now which are, they'll maybe be in the cinema for a week and then they kind of disappear yeah. and then six months later they go on a streaming service and they get bigger viewing. Mm. I, I think the word like cult uh, status or sorry, a cult, like that kind of gets thrown around a lot and maybe isn't what it used to be because like... that That's now, it's kind of been co-opted into a genre now. Yeah. Which... Yeah. It's like... Like Mandy would be cult. Yeah. But more so as a genre around the... Than, well, it kind of straddles both, yeah, it's, both sides of that yeah, one. Because it's kind of like, a, even though it's got Cage in it, it's more an indie movie. Yeah. Um, but whereas back in the day, it was like, oh, it's a cult movie because it was word of mouth and you didn't have just access yeah. to it. It was like, oh, but do you yeah. heard about this film? It's it's in the video shop and nobody knows about it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Whereas nowadays, oh, have you heard this film? Oh, cool, I'll just look it online. Yeah, yeah. Or like you said, a streaming service. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought Just Mercy was uh, excellent. It's a shame because I think it's now out of the cinema, but I, I remember like saying... Uh, to everybody's like, man, you got to see his film. It's really good, and I, everyone said, no, it, a lot it, of folks said the same thing. Oh, it just seems really sickly sweet and cliche, and I was like, it, it, it is that in many ways, but it's really good. I, I, feel, I always feel a sign of a good film is if it's got kind of stuff that stays with you. And there's two scenes in that which I feel have kind of stuck with me long enough that I can say, yeah, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. But the execution scene. Or to midway through yeah, 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 yeah. is a powerful scene. Aye. It gets you going. Like. Yeah. And just even just the the opening of that film where he's just standing up looking at this guy and the callback to that later on. Yeah, that was it good. It kind of sticks with you. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, Tim Blake Nelson's in it for I like two or three scenes. And he's, well. yeah, really he good. he's always good, but he's particularly yeah. good in this. Who's he again? Um, Arabask. Keep going. Uh, in Watchmen. He's in No Brother We're Out There. Looking Glass. You Looking, Looking Glass, sorry, not Iron Glass. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's in No Brother We're Out There. And he would have been... He, he was also... He an Incredible Hulk. Yes, he was. Yeah. He would have been the master. The, the leader. Or the, sorry, the leader, had they gone that way. Um, i seen Just Mercy. I wonder how you know, MCU would look at fucking Edward Norton and still the Hulk if they'd went down that line. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Because at the end of, like, when the leader's uh, fucking lab's getting all fucked up and shit, there's a bit of, like, the blood that does dra- dra- drain onto him and there's, yeah. like, an open wound and you see that kind of bubbling. Like, yeah, man, that could yeah, have been a totally thing. Have went that Might way. have been a bit... Because yeah. the leader's a bit... Can you make that character for live-action cinema not look ridiculous? I think what yeah. Marvel has shown us, they find <laughs> a way. They can be like They find a way. So, again, can I also... uh, for people who don't know, the leader has a gigantic head. Because uh, that's like, he's the, the counter side to the Hulk, so like he's like mega brainy yeah. where the Hulk's yeah. mega but He wants the Hulk strength and he uh, uses like the Hulk's DNA to create his own army of minions. Just really as a sidebar... If anybody's ever looking for anything comic book wise to read, one of the best series at the moment is The Immortal Hulk by Al Ewing. Get it read. It's mm-hmm. one of the best horror comics right there. Sweet. And it's proper out and out body horror. Is it great? Right? Okay. Yeah. Is that a Cronenberg movie? Yeah, well, it's, it's grim as fuck. It's all like it goes to hell mm-hmm. and things like that and gets possessed by his dad and. Fuck. And. Uh, one of these secret military operations uh, catch him and they cut him up into all bits. And, I hate when that happens. And, Fuck my mind when that And happens. it's properly about how the Hulk is an immortal, immortal. fucking monster. Great. It's really, really good. Um, 
So, so that was just mercy. <laughs> when they chop him up, does he just like reattach like the yeah, rope man in the Monster Squad? Monster Squad. He's like T one thousand. Yeah. So a silver bullet mate kind of. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else before we want to pass? I've seen Just Mercy. Uh, I've seen uh, the the Life and Times of David Copperfield, uh, directed by Armando Iannucci, based on the Charles Dickens novel. My mother gave that a good review. Um, <laughs> it was a, a film. I, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> it was a film. No, it was. I, I feel like I've kind of brought this up in the, the podcast before. Yeah. But David Copperfield is one of the only books that I gave up on early on. Because I read 65 pages of it and the most exciting thing that happened was he saw a dead sheep on his way to church and I was like, fuck this. Welcome to Charles uh, Dickens. I don't, yeah. I don't think he sees it. I don't think there is a dead sheep in this one. Uh, but anyway. But that, that was it, like 65 pages and that was like the most interesting thing that happened. It's like, I'm done. Um, and I, I, like, I read Anne Rice's violin. That'll <laughs> let you know just how fucking much I'm willing that, to stick with a book. Yeah, that is, that is a bad book. <laughs> I was about to say man until what was on the vibe. <laughs> um, yeah, it's directed by Armando Iannucci, who I really like. I like the thick of it in the loop. Uh, Death of Stalin was really good. Um, this is very much his family movie. Um, Dev Patel's really good as David Copperfield. Uh, Peter Capaldi is fucking... It's as if they went, you're, ex- you're eccentric, just turn that up and just go places. Uh, and again, talk about eccentric casting. Tilda Swinton's in it, as you guess, an eccentric person. Uh, Hugh Laurie's excellent in it. That's a good cast. Um, who else is in it? There's a few other heads in it. Um, uh, Paul Whitehouse is in it, uh, so that's cool. Um, but it's it's fine. It I felt it was really long. Um, and, welcome to Dickens. Yeah, it it, <laughs> it goes along at not an an all right pace because again, from what I gathered, the book's pretty big and long. Um, the story of David Copperfield's actually is quite interesting. I just thought pacing wise there was a lot of issues with it. Um it was again, I don't know, it's the the, the comedy was alright in it, but at times I felt like they were trying to hit it but they don't hit it quite well. Um but yeah, my first thing is like, well, so that was a film. I didn't hate it, I didn't dislike it, it but sorry, I didn't hate it, I didn't think it was amazing. It was just alright. Would I watch it again? Nah. Hmm. It's like it was there. It was fine. I don't regret it. I yeah. I don't feel like I've missed out not watching that one. You yeah. didn't. Go watch the Death of Stalin. That's well good. Death, Death of Stalin as well. Good. Yeah. Mark Strong's brilliant. Yeah. I like my Armando Iannucci <laughs> yeah. when he swear when he gets folk to swear in fucking <laughs> plot plot schemes and murders and stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, what else did I watch? Uh, I feel like I watched. It. Oh yeah, I watched Uncut Gems. Um, that was fucking excellent. Which is the Adam Sandler one? It's the Safi Brothers uh, follow up to the the film called I think it's called Good Time. It's got Patsy in it. That's on Netflix as well. Is that a sequel? No, no, no it's, yeah, not, it's okay. not a follow up. It's, the, it's their it's next, their next movie. movie. Yeah, um, it's the Adam Sandler one though. Yes, yes. Um, Adams, Adams. It's fucking. Everyone was like, "Oh man, this film's great!" And I seen like the awards. It was like getting a lot of it, and it's like, "Oh, he's great!" In it. And it's like. I just, fucking don't really know if I care about this film hmm. so I was like fuck I'll watch it and I fucking loved it it does right? it does not stop to take a breath at all it is it is fucking from the word go it's intense it's you're fucking so what is the plot the plot is like Adam Sandler plays a jeweler in New York and the whole idea is uh, 
he comes. He's a he's a jeweler, but he's also like a bad gambler. So he he kind of owes money to folk, but he's always kind of talking his way out of it, or he's pawning something to get money to borrow to pay he's off. A thing. He's a schemer. He's yeah, a bellboy. A wee bit. I he's a New York bellboy, um. But yeah, uh, he um comes in contact with uh, and he runs the jewelers as well. As I said, he just he he does go from different places looking mm-hmm. for different deals, um, and he gets this uh this gem that's like it's been in the I think it's, it's in Africa is it an uncut gem it is a, it's a gem that's like never been seen before it's a, a conflict is gem. John Honsu he's not unfortunately boy? he's not uh, so Sadler gets this and um, was that Blood Diamond yeah. yeah he wants it priced because he thinks that like this is going to be the big I've one I've seen my son I'm not going to lie, Tommy, man. Like, now that you've brought up Blood Diamond, that's all I'm thinking about. Like, I was kind of, I'm trying to listen to you. But... Mate, stay into the, stay into the, stay into the, the you know, corner of Go for want. it, go for it. Uh, so, um, you get... for Conley's in there, you know? She's... She's rubbish? Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's there. I tell Kula could see her. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, he gets this uh, conflict yeah, gem, and it's this, uh, it's like this weird diamond that nobody's ever seen. And um, they get uh, an actual, I think he is a, an actual retired or still plays basketball a basketball player to come into his jewelers and he falls in love oh, with yeah, I, yeah. KJ's name is it's like Kevin uh, Jeddit or something or Jarrett or whatever it's I, Je- I think it's Garrett or something like yeah. That. yeah so he comes in and then uh, he might be interested in getting something and then he sees this thing and he says I really want it and he says it's cool but it's not for sale and he says but I need it just can I borrow it and then because um, uh, I've got the big game and I'm just this really speaks to me um, it's a lucky charm so Sandler gives him it, and then in return he gets um, his like championship ring, uh, which he pawns because he needs the money, but he knows he's going to get the gem back. But then the whole film is about him basically wanting to get this gem back, getting promised he's getting this gem back, and chasing this gem. And it twists and turns about the place. You're proper... You, you probably get anxious and nervous uh, because there's so many times where the the plot the film goes down one way and then takes a wee sidestep into something else. You kind of learn stuff about like um, some of the folk he owes money to, uh, and just just does, when you just does, when you think he's got things resolved, something else happens. <laughs> does he do an actual good job in this, or he is he is just shouty, angry no, Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler is great in this movie. Sandler when he puts his chops in, he's yeah. pretty good. Um, but like he, even even in his like more serious kind of good movies, he still just does that over a line. People, like I'm an angry guy. No, thing, like um, all the fucking time. He raises his voice maybe once or twice in this, but he's generally kind of like as I said, he's a he's a he's a kind of schemer, kind of chancer, and he's this weedy guy being chased by folk a lot, and he tries to talk his way out of it, and sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. But as I said. Uh, right from the word go it just doesn't stop for a breath it's really well done Sandler is excellent in it um, easily his best role that he's ever done um, and the Safi brothers do a really good uh, job in terms of their pacing and the storytelling that as I said by the end of it you feel exhausted um, but I actually really enjoyed it um, and it's weird because it's it, it doesn't really have anything in common with this film but I felt the same way about this uh, the first time I watched Scarface in terms of a man's ambition maybe getting the better of him. Right. Right? And that's what I took from it. And I, I was like, holy shit, that was fucking absolutely worth it. But that is on is that Netflix. Because right. uh, that was, it was only in the, it was only in the, we didn't, 
It wasn't in uh, cinema. It, it did the thing enough to get it uh, so it could be nominated for awards. Yeah, so basically because it's a Netflix-produced effort, kind of like The Irishman, it was in the GFT, but it wasn't in Cineworld or yeah. Odeon because they don't have that deal because yeah. they're not happy with to it. To be fair, the only thing that a film has to do to get... Uh, and any film has to do to be nominated, to be considered for awards is it has to play in, I think it's three cinemas in, La- in Los Angeles for about a week mm. and the same in New York. Right. Um, but yeah, um, this was this was very good. I really, really enjoyed it. And again, I think it's just because I was always going to watch it, but I had a bunch of folks saying, you should watch mm. it, you should see it. And I'm like, fuck, fine. And it'll I was be, just pleasantly surprised it'll be interesting how much to I see it. what happens now because Netflix have... have uh, extended Sandler's deal so it'll be interesting now to see um, what comes see out, comes comes out. out. Well, another one with Chris Rock that looks like it's in an exotic location well, see, the, like, the, thing, the thing is this is not but well, that'll be already been in production yeah, so. I would, yeah the, the, the Safi brothers they, it's their film and they approached well, partly, partly they wrote it for Sandler and approached him and etc mm-hmm. this is not a Happy Madison production. Yeah. If it is, I don't recall seeing it anywhere. It's like very much a Netflix film, a Netflix film by the Safi brothers, written, directed, starring Adam Sandler. What what other serious ones you've done other than Punch Rock Love? Uh, funny what? people's kind of serious. Right. It's like a, right. well, it's kind yeah. of a dramedy, if you will. Um, but yeah, but what, what's the one with uh, Don Cheadle about nine eleven? Oh, Punch Rock uh, Love, Rain Over Me, Rain Over oh. Me. I haven't seen that, but I remember Paul saying yeah, it was alright. Yeah. What the fuck was Punch Rock Love about then? Um, he has anger issues, and uh, it's a Paul Thomas Anderson yeah. movie, and it's thingy from Red Dragon, um, isn't it? She's the love interest. What the fuck's her name? It's somebody that had the name Mara Wilson. Yeah, it's not Mara Wilson. Mara Wilson. No. <laughs> uh, I love Red not Dragon. Emma Watson. No, Emily Watson. Oh, Watt's oh Emily yeah, Watt's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she's in it, but yeah, it's that's a great movie, uh, Punch Trunk Love. Yeah, probably. I actually rewatched uh, the outtake of when Philip Seymour did the the advert, and he fucking. Was Logan. that in Punch Drunk Love? That advert is a outtake from. I don't know it's an outtake, but it's based on an actual advert that happens. Yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, that was made during Punch Taken Trunk too Love. soon. Felt Steamer Hoffman was. Ah, great talent. One of the greats. Yeah, heroin's a hell of a drug. I, <laughs> I went to watch Punch Drunk Love while drunk because I thought it would be like a good. Movie, oh, man, uh, he's going to do something yeah, funny, yeah. guy. <laughs> it was like one of the worst. Yeah, 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 he yells at a golf ball, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that's everything I watched. Uh, Thank fuck. Jesus Christ. Which brings us to uh, the best movie of quite, the fucking year. Not quite, because I haven't spoken about Marriage Story yet. Oh, go. Uh, so you guys have recommended this a lot because I'm a huge fan of the Before Sunrise uh, trilogy by Before Richard Lillian. you were a huge Adam Driver, Driver fan. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I think he is really good as well. Like yeah. in a, Inside Lewin Davis, he's, especially he's really good. But yeah, he's, he's excellent in this. I still think this should have won screenplay. Scarlett Johansson was also excellent in it. Like, yeah, it's, excellent. I can, your best. It, it is not up to Richard Linklater standards, I feel. Like, but the script is really good and I could see why people draw the comparisons. Have you seen it? No. No. It's, it's a good movie. Like, it's essentially like just detailing the breakup of yeah. a couple. But I will get around to watching it at some point, but I know for a fact that it's, for where I'm at mentally at the moment, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tough watch in that regard because it's like, it's people who like don't necessarily 
hate each other they're just not in love anymore yeah. but then like the whole process of going through divorce just kind of just rips yeah. them a fucking part like more and more as it goes through and like both of them seem like really reluctant participants in it uh, and it just escalates and it just it's it's a hard watch yeah. in that regard but it is enjoyable the, the Scott Johansson and Adam Driver's performances are excellent in it Laura Dern is excellent in it uh, have you ever seen Blue Valentine with Ryan Gosling no Give that a go. Give it's, a go. it's similar. And it's like the start of the relationship, the end of the relationship. But it's, it's yeah, it's grim. Also, it's, that, that's a good setup. For, like, yeah. for, for those things, like they're just naturally dialogue heavy. Like, a uh, our mates, a uh, Alan Kerr and Paul Faulkner, both kind of likened it to closer. Maybe no. Fuck man, I had I had the name oh, of the thing they said in my head just seconds ago, and now it's fucking um, gone. Well, like if someone was to say, "What is Marriage Story?" I'd be like, "It's like Kramer versus Kramer with elements of Before Midnight." Alan Alan specifically said something that he knew for a fact would make it appealing to me, and I had it in my head seconds ago, and now it's gone. And we'll come back to you. Damn it! And they just think about closer. That's a good movie. Yeah, that's how it is. What's closer? You never seen closer? I think I might have done. It's got Natalie Portman, Jude Law, Clive Owen, Julia Roberts. It is right. about, it is about this. This. the very start of an affair and the grim end of an affair. Mm-hmm. It misses out absolutely everything in the middle. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 like a, a really Clive Owen calls Julia Roberts a cunt for some reason. It's a, a really tight script. Like, oh, this is marriage story die. again. Fuck sake, Neil, shut up. <laughs> Right, so you uh, like did it live up to what you thought it would be? It wasn't as good as I hoped it would be because I'd in my head Fuck to off. like such a massive standard because of the Before Sunrise trilogy, fucking, which people had compared it to. Fucking excellent! So it it's was. not that though. It's not as good as them. No, but it's, it's wasn't entirely like entirely different. Type yeah, of it films. wasn't saying. It's, oh, no, it's, it's, it's really I never similar. said it was as good. I says it's got these elements. Yeah, and it's like I can see the comparisons completely, but like yeah. I don't think the script is quite as tight as it as a them. It is. It like the, the relationship isn't quite as natural, and the fact that like it doesn't take place in like one long encounter, like it is split up like a regular film. Yeah, but like, I think that's I, what's good because it, it, that but, plays to the film's strengths. But about, those those things like. Added like a sense of weight to the before movies, though that this is lacking because it doesn't have that. I, like, see with this, like with Marriage Story, though, right? You give you're given this perception of these two characters, and then they are going through a breakup, and they've got this child, right? And it is about like what they're like at the start. Some folk, well, you could argue they just naturally become that, but the folk they're influenced by lawyers, yeah. Laura Dern, really Ray is excellent in this movie yeah, as yeah. well. And it is just like how they go from where they were to where they're at by yeah. the end of the film and a lot of their relationship is told through dialogue and what they liked about each other and now where they're at Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was the movie compared right. to because one of the things I loved about that film was the idea that these two people like grow to hate each other so much that they try and forget each other mm. but during the process of forgetting each other they remember what it is they actually loved about each other in the first place that was what he compared it to because right. I said I loved that film as well Right. And it does have elements of that. Sorry, man. No, Just, you're not. No, I agree you, with you. You saying that it reminded me there. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a really good film. It's like one of the best performances in a film I've seen in a fucking long time. Laura Dern, hundred percent deserved that Oscar. Um, I thought I thought Scarlett Johansson, as well as she is good in Jojo Rabbit, I thought this was a career best for her. Yeah. Adam Driver 
continues to be good. Um, and the, Noah Bumbach, I think, is it's a really personal film. The, and it makes uh, me want to watch more of his films. They, they do like a good I job. Think Squid in the Whale. I think so, yeah. He did film. that. He did the one where we were talking about this again when we had pancakes. It was one with Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts, and it's got Adam uh, Driver and someone else. Where it's, he Greenberg or something? Or? He did do Greenberg. That's not the film I was just talking about. But yeah, he yeah, he's the he's at, he, when Ben Stiller needs to do a serious indie when he's acting cred, he goes to Noah Bumbach. That's uh, what it is. Everybody needs that director. What was I going to say? I've lost my train of thought. I think I'm getting tired. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I I did see like honest trailers done like a a kind the of cover Mayor, of this Meyerowitz stories. Yes, a uh, honest trailers a, a cover of this a uh, no like a, a trailer for this movie even, and I didn't realize that so much of this film is kind of autobiogra- autobiographical of what the director went through with his actual Jason Lee uh, ex. And like that kind of soured it a wee bit for me as well because like as they point out in that Honest Trailers thing, like every single character calls Adam Driver a genius in this, and it just seems a wee bit up its own arse. Like I, it's like right, get over your fucking self. Um, but he isn't though. <laughs> yeah, like the other thing I was going to say is they they try and like that's make more it... to do with the fan people, the, the fanboys of his work. No, everybody in the movie calls Adam Driver a genius. Yeah, but see, because he's a theater director, and it is like. Oh my God, He's so great. It's more because like, it's autobiographical. It's kind of the wankiness of that's, theater, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, the director is the person who put those lines in there, so he's essentially calling himself a genius constantly. Uh, um, I, I wouldn't go as... I, I don't think it's completely that. But... I think, like, what anyway, the perception of the wankiness of theater. But they, uh, they do a good job of, like, showing that both Scott Johansson and Anna Driver had a kind of shit time in it. Personally, I felt it was more weighted to like Adam Driver's the one that gets like the roughest time in it because like he just yeah. seems to be like so ob- oblivious to the shit show that he's walking into, mm-hmm. and it's like Scarlett Johansson's the one that's kind of laying down all the fucking mean shit. True, in it. but he's but, all, yeah. But that's because we see it at the end of the relationship, and as Alan Kerr again pointed out, Scarlett Johansson's the one that gets the roughest time when they are together. Yeah, because and again, he's, like, he's, he's, he's so self, he's so yeah, selfish in that. Yeah, so there's that's what it's, I'm saying. I think it's, it's a it's a really good movie. It's a really really good I movie. It. I thought it was great. It's on Netflix. Like it also again probably because it is quite autobiographical. Doesn't have like a cliched ending or anything. It's like it's just like a natural I conclusion. I thought the ending to, was fucking great. Yeah, I really enjoyed the end of that movie. Mm. Good film. Yeah. So. Bojack Horseman. <laughs> yeah, man. Do you actually want to talk about Bojack Horseman? I, I don't really have much to say about it other than I finally kind of worked up the the mental strength to start the final season of it. And, and mean, by that, you, I don't you, mean you, the six episodes that just got released. I mean yeah, you, you the start of the final. You need that for any season yeah. of Bojack, man. It fucking takes out of you. And the couple of episodes I've watched so far, I felt weird because they're kind of... For Bojack Horseman... They're kind of more on the uptick of kind of mental health. They he seems to be kind of getting themselves together, making a bit of progress. But I still have that. It's just constantly in the back of my mind of he's he's going to fuck up somewhere. It's going to be grim, and I'm going to hate it just as much. I'm going to hate it, but I'm still going to enjoy the show. But I'm going to hate it because I'll see parts of myself in it, which will make me hate myself more. By the way, that all seasons of Bojack Horseman go. 
So it's like I'm steadily waiting for the the delve into <clears throat> the deep dive into self analyzing self analysis and yeah you you you, you will get it hopefully there'll be catharsis at the end of it <laughs> you, you you do get that from what I can remember the last couple eps um but it's it does I don't know it says it's 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 a really funny show but it's hard to watch sometimes because it's so really well written and on the nose about yeah. someone who's either in the process of fucking up their life or because of their actions in the past, it's came back to bit them in the arse. It is easily pro- one of the best written shows on. Yeah. It I, is. Out there. I didn't really give it that much of a, a chance. I watched like a couple of episodes and never really took to it and then just... Takes a it, while. It, yeah, like, if you're starting from the start, it takes a wee bit to get into it. But once it gets properly going, it's yeah, it, it fucking it's grim, as, it's grim as fuck mm-hmm. in a really good way. Yeah, uh, Neil's wondering why I keep looking at the the timestamp on the the podcast, and I'll be honest with you, it's because I've been holding in a fart for ages, and I was wondering if I could get away with doing it now and then cutting this out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think I'm going to power through it. Okay, uh, right, okay. Just, well, just so you know, that, that that's what that look was, Neil. It wasn't me. <laughs> right, okay. I just assumed you were looking at the time going, fuck, we've been going for ages. Two, two hours for just about the head. Yeah. Right. Okay, um, right. Well, we'll go on to Parasite. We'll get yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think straight off the bat, we should say we'll do our best not to spoil it to begin with. I think it's impossible to talk about this yeah. film without spoiling it. Mm. So at some point, we'll kind of say spoilers. We'll warn you that there's going to be spoilers. Yeah. And they, if you don't want to hear them, kind of check out at that yeah. point. Because my, my best advice for this film is if you don't Listen. really know anything about it, yeah. keep it that way and just go and watch it. Yeah. I would oh, actually sure. even say, like, don't even listen to us talk about the spoiler-free part. Yeah. Like, the less you know about the film, the better yeah. uh, for this one in particular, I feel. Uh, 100%. I, I thought the trailer did really well in not giving you anything. It, yeah. g- it gives you a sense of what it might be about. Yeah. But there is so much more going yeah. on in that film. Absolutely. Um yeah. So Yeah. So cool. like if you if you are absolutely gonna watch it right now, I would say stop the podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a good Valentine's Day. All the rest. Like yeah. next week we'll have conversations about Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> but, Tune in for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm but, sure we will but, have yeah, conversations but, about but, Sonic but, the Hedgehog. Yeah, but, Tune back, like go back to this app after you've watched Parasite, and then you can and listen to some of the opinions, yeah, yeah, and, and you can disagree with us. Like, for for people who want to know a bit more about it without spoilers, though, that's what this discussion is about to become. Yeah. So go. a quick synopsis is that, like, essentially, this film follows a poor family of essentially con men. Yeah. Who, are, who are like they're they're trying to make some money basically, mm. and mm-hmm. that's that's. And they do so by conning infiltrating people. a rich yeah. family. Yeah, that's it, that's the broad strokes. The, the broad, the broad, the broadest of strokes of this film is it's a dark, dark comedy, comedy about class. It is a mm-hmm. very dark comedy. Yeah. Like there is a lot of horrific things that are framed <laughs> in the most awkwardly yeah. funny way that you could imagine. Mm-hmm. I I will say, like I don't like the term "believe the hype," but like this film has been hyped up just mm. left right and centre like one of our mates say uh, Danny Matthews didn't really see what the big deal was about it but other than him I have not heard of anybody not watching dead. this film and not mm. loving it entirely mm-hmm. and he even acknowledges that like he feels like the kind of 
the odd one out. He was going to go watch it again, um, but something came up, so he's willing to go watch it again. Maybe he's like, well, you know, I'll go watch it again. Maybe, I'd, maybe I'll maybe i see so, something again. Yeah, maybe I just think it. just doesn't hit with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like no, it's, I'll give the benefit of the doubt and go for it again. It's not a very flashy film. It's not like a very, I would, I wouldn't say it's like amazingly like it's, it's scenically directed or that. It's in, yeah, it's, it's, it's a minimalist yeah. kind of thing where the the driving force of the whole movie is the characters, their the family's relationship and their relationship to the the people mm-hmm. they're trying to con. Mm-hmm. Like that's is the that is the driving force of it. It's a dialogue heavy, mm-hmm. like a really twisty turny plot <laughs> like a I actually thought though you, so, you say it is subtle but I think it just the sets and everything yeah, I thought yeah. were looks good. as fuck it looks yeah it, it does really well to frame the different the different ends of the kind of the class yeah. structure where you've got the poor kind of con family living in their sub basement yeah, total ramshackle with, with, thing with, uh, it's like four of them in essentially two rooms yeah. their, their bathroom the toilet is on up the on a seal on yeah. the shelf, yeah. which is near enough in the ceiling. Like so they, they, they can get Wi-Fi. Yeah. They, they seem to be like in a, a weird kind of cul-de-sac bit of an alleyway where all the drunkards come to piss, piss. Yeah. and it just annoys them. So it's like just the the worst kind of home you can really yeah, have, yeah. like a yeah. without being they, homeless. Yeah. I mean, they, they essentially it's almost like they're it's almost like they're human rats in terms yeah. of like. Yeah, they they are they're, 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 the, they're the lowest rung of society. Yeah, they've they've exactly. got a stink bug problem. Uh, a yeah. like before they get this opportunity to like fleece a, a rich family, like the only kind of job that any of them seem to have is like making up pizza boxes for a yeah. local pizza delivery place, which like which, doesn't which pay well. Which that. they're not. Yeah, like they they're like they're this this is the weird thing with this movie where. It's really hard not to find them all kind of charming and charismatic, mm-hmm. but none of them are good people. Oh yeah, they're terrible, terrible people. But they're yeah. yeah, but they're entertaining to watch mm-hmm. and like a, a weird like when when this film started, again not knowing anything about it going in, I was like, all right, okay, this is a Korean version of Shameless of um, the royal family. Yes. Was absolutely what I thought I was in for. Was just like these, like really kind of common poor people, mm-hmm. just kind of being a bit Shit. shitty. Yeah. I, but it it just changes up so frequently yeah. and like so perfectly mm-hmm. like the, the cat like even like you've got this perception of this is this family and they're con artists and then they kind of infiltrate this rich family but, but you see but you see even their before, characters even, even before even before it's like the the thing where all the family are, are gonna try and get on board with fleecing this other rich family mm-hmm. when it's just one of them. Like, uh, who seems like the main character at the time like, gets also, an opportunity. Who also seems like a good he's guy. like the moral compass of yeah. it. Yeah. And then it just as soon as he's in, it just goes alright, fuck. Yeah, alright, yeah. we're doing this. Yeah, now. because like, alright, we're doing it already yeah, which like, would indicate yeah. it's not even the first time they've done this uh, sort of thing. And Yeah, and like you said there's certain things that pivot, like, I mean again like they're fleecing this rich family and then it's I, like... Try, it, try and stay spoiled yeah, if you remember. But that's what I'm saying, it's not, it, it ends up being, you think it's like a monetary thing and then it's not because some of the characters deviate into certain kind of yeah. areas, like, and again, it keeps you guessing. And even mm. like just like something the, the uh, dark, like, the dark humor element of it as well builds and builds and builds until like I had a realization quite far into the film that it's obviously all going to come toppling down. Yeah, but like just when you think you've got it worked out. 
also throws a fucking curveball. See, also, I was thinking, I think you'd come to that point kind of roughly the same time I did. And the way that it came toppling down was... There was no way I saw that coming. No, not a chance. There was nowhere near what I had in my head was going to happen. Like, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler as well because it's such a vague thing to say. To say that, like, at that point, the name Parasite takes on... A, another meaning yeah. uh-huh. uh, and I was like right okay this, so that's where this is fucking going yeah. uh, Parasite is the perfect name for mm. that film it just again performances for everybody involved was excellent like uh, even like the, the rich family were like the, the woman who plays the mother of the rich family is fantastic yeah because she plays it as this, this she's kind of like a rich trophy wife essentially who is not the brightest Gets overly emotional about everything. Not, about not, not the brightest. Like she, she's very trusting and very naive. It, it's it, not naive. Like, the it's, word. Yeah, very yeah, naive. It's like the the kind of the naivety that comes with having a privileged lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. not having to consider certain yeah. things. Yeah. Like when you, even when even some of the conversations like when you're first in, when you're first introduced her and it's the the housekeeper goes out to the garden she's just lying there yeah. sprawled out so it's the middle of the afternoon she can nothing to do go like, have a drink yeah yeah. I mean was she drinking though because like that wasn't really like a character treat for her in the rest of the if film if it wasn't that like, it was painkillers yeah. it, was, it was certainly like when, when we saw that we both came to the same conclusion uh, because we laughed like yeah. heavily at that point like she was just smashed in the yeah. garden during the day the, uh, what gave me the present just the way she was kind of yeah. sprawled out I, there was like there wasn't really that much laughter from the rest of the people in the audience like no. in the, the start of that film. Like, the two it, of us were laughing a yeah. lot. Towards the end, I think though, people I think, grew accustomed to yeah. what it was. Though. People we, we, were, we, had, we were willing to yeah. just kind of laugh at We had a good crowd, there. man. There was a good couple of folk laughing at it, man. So I was like, that's good because it is yeah. funny. There was, I, I love, I love like really, really fucking uh, innocent but awkward situations and there was a lot of them in this as well. Mm. I... There's not really much else. For is there table. any music in it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there... like a lot of Asian cinema, it's all kind of very score based, very yeah. classical. So, like the only other thing I can really think of to say spoiler free in it is a. I'd never really paid too much attention. I've watched Korean films in the past, but never really paid too much attention to the language itself before. Mm. That's a lovely language. That sounds good to yeah. listen to. Yeah. I, I again a weird comment to make, but like I, I was struck by just like how. It's like a really melodic language. It mm-hmm. flows really well, like, and it's just pleasant to listen to throughout the course of that film. Yeah, it's not got like the kind of high pitch. Taiwanese, yeah. Good film, absolutely brilliant. Like, I, like, again, as soon as it ended, I said to Neil, "I did not expect to watch anything better than Jojo Rabbit this year." Mm-hmm. And Parasite for me was yeah, instantly I, better. It was oh, better it's, it's, it's February, and that's film of the year. Like that's what to be. It'll be fucking hard oh, to talk about. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, though. We will see a lot more uh, Korean cinema yeah. being in the city, being uh, in you know like uh, Cineworld and other like cinema chains for a lot longer rather than just oh there's that one showing that's on this week because it's apparently good. So, Cineworld's actually quite good with Chinese cinema because mm. it's quite a big yeah. Chinese market in Glasgow. Yeah, uh, you, they'll generally have like one thing on that will last from a week. I just remember like again. I remember The Handmaiden being fucking great. Do you know, weirdly, see, watching Parasite, mm. uh, I had that very same feeling watching The Handmaiden because mm. The Handmaiden does that thing where you think it's it starts, so, starts mm. off yeah. and it seems like, oh, this is about this, all right. I, this is really good. Oh, 
What the fuck? I yeah. haven't I haven't seen that, though I do want to watch it. Is that on like Netflix or anything? Uh, Prime, I think. It's Prime? on Prime, but if you want, we'll lo- I'll log in as me because I've got the extended version paid for. So you can watch right. the extended version, which is right. Uh, I haven't seen that one, but what you guys are saying was the same sentiment I had as well, where like there's a few Asian things, like most recently I would say Love Exposure is one that does the same sort of thing where like that movie just changes oh, yeah. up. How did that plan out? Just uh, <laughs> they only talk about the first you half of it. The first half My <laughs> god. That it goes places. But it's a similar kind of thing though, where it's like it doesn't just feel like Western films tend to just have one central kind of plot point and everything kind of rotates around a MacGuffin. Mm. Uh, you know, it feels like Western cinema feels like a fetch quest in a video game. See, and like Asian cinema just quite frequently feels like three seasons of a TV show just makes sense in uh, one film. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like we've said for years, like, like, you, like the Japanese horror or the Asian horror market it just seems to be a wee bit better and yeah. a lot of it is a cultural thing yeah and, and they're, they're they're more willing to kind of push the envelope of where they can go yeah so you've got exactly. that and then like again like i really i've loved uh park chan luke stuff since mm. like old boy the vent i mean the vengeance trilogy itself is really good again just talking about it's about one thing but it's not really thirst, thirst is a really good movie, is a movie. you yeah. think it's a vampire yeah. but then it turns into this melodrama yeah, this fucking family drama yeah and then you've got that and then it's like the handmaiden again part Mook does the same thing where you think it's about one thing but it's not really and then with this i'm like yeah parasite continues that trend of you go in not really not really knowing much about it and it continues to surprise you yeah. to the point where at the every, end every like, single time God, you start man. to get comfortable with it it's like no yeah, yeah. no they change yeah. the storytelling uh, is really really good one last thing I'll say about it uh, was we've we've mentioned it's a dark comedy and it does those kind of awkward situations really well but it also does like out and out jokes really well and slapstick kind of mm-hmm. physical comedy and like even yeah. just facial expressions and stuff yeah. like so much of it like hinges on like the, the the actors just looking so out of place at times, or like no one glances to each other, or a uh, just like fam- familiar familiar just situations you don't want to be a part of. I mm. uh, yeah. in this completely fantastical tale, a mm. uh, yeah. excellent film. Could not recommend it enough. Yeah. Right. We will we go now go to spoilers. Yeah. At this point yeah. on. Spoilers. Yeah. yeah. If you don't want this film spoiled for you, stop listening right now. Yeah. Come back to it after you've you've watched it. Right. So that's your warning, and now we're going to go into spoiler territory. Right. See when they go camping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just assumed that okay things are going to crash down because they're going to come if, back. If it, exactly. If that it was is, a Western thing, yeah, that would be it. Like they I, come back and then like things go to shit. Yeah, and I just totally expected all. that. Because that scene where they're all sitting and they're all looking, facing out towards that glass window, that the lightning was going off, mm-hmm. and at one point it would be normal, and then the next point the family would be standing there with their stuff. Or like, or even even if it wasn't the case of the family coming back, like the fact that they are being so disrespectful in the house, like smashing decanters yeah. and like you know just like all lounging about and like mm-hmm. just food everywhere, and yeah. it's one of them maybe smoking even. I'm not even entirely I sure. But like just everything yeah. that was going on there, I was like, this is laying the groundwork for the downfall. Yeah. And but, like it's all going to come crashing but down. Yeah. And we do 
get that, but they do it in a really great. And I, I want that fucking ramen she makes, man. Oh yeah, it looks yeah, amazing. Yeah, but it's yeah. just that's going on. They're having to fucking hide under tables, sneak about the fucking place to get out the actual house. That whole thing is fucking yeah. Like great. as as soon as the old housekeeper shows back up, who again. All that stuff with her being allergic to peaches and then just being fucking dicks. Just about yeah. like, just one path and flicking, flicking stuff out of us. Like, just putting this woman's life at risk because they they want to be what they call this family. Yeah. Cunts, yeah. And like at every point, at every turn, the entire family is like, you guys have got a good thing going here. Like at any moment, you know, like the dad's not the best driver in the world, but he's like he's adequate at yeah. doing it, and the the dad kind of seems to be getting on with him. The mm-hmm. the rich dad seems yeah, to get yeah. on with him. Like the the son seems to be like a competent, likable English teacher. Like those are, and like the mum is like a a decent a house yeah, yeah. So that's three out of the four of them are actually like good at doing the jobs they've yeah. been hired to do. You know, like they got into them in kind of nefarious ways. Mm. Like the the daughter. It's like she doesn't know she, shit. She's, she's, yeah, but yeah. she somehow has managed to control. Yeah, a she's intelligent in a way. Yeah. She's able to like. But she's her way full in. of shit, though. Yeah, like, but she's I mean, they're all full of shit. But, yeah, like you know, her, her one I thought was maybe like where it's going to unravel first. Where like, they kind of realize that a uh, she, oh, she just doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. But like, yeah, it it doesn't let you get comfortable. It doesn't it doesn't pan out in predictable ways that it would have done if it was a western mm. film. Mm. It throws those curveballs in the curveball and the the guys of. The old housekeeper turns out to also have been essentially just taking this rich family for a ride. Like well, she, she's not really well, a no, she, she's she's, just she's been harboring someone yeah, in, the, in, in yeah. the grounds without them knowing. But like, but being feeding like she's a parasite. Like she's yeah. that, that guy's lived there for four years without the family knowing. Uh, well, I mean, largely without the family knowing because like it turns out early on they laid the groundwork for like the the kid. Having had oh, a traumatic oh, experience I... in first grade, <laughs> uh, and then later on you find out it was because he saw a ghost, and then after this reveal with the housekeeper, like having kept somebody in the house unknown to the family for yeah. four years. Yeah, they've, the, the, the they've, ghost... got, they've got a secret bunker. Yeah, yeah. The, the house was designed by some famous architect who had created this secret bunker. Because the house knew about because during the uh, they were all afraid of the North Koreans. Yeah. Uh, so she that, that was great as well. The little jibes to the North Korea yeah. were excellent as well. Really well. So done. she's kept her husband living down there because otherwise they'd be living in like the sub basement, like yeah. the main family. Um. So the kids saw this this ghost and there was just this guy coming up to get some grand. Which again, as I was saying earlier, like as much as like a lot of this is dark humor, his facial expression when he comes out of the fucking basement is absolutely hilarious. Hey, oh, it's so good, it's so good. The conversation with the pants in the back of the car, <laughs> excellent. But again, like hey. so we we're talking earlier about like yeah, it, it goes, it, it goes up, it goes like the family they come into this rich family's lives, and then it just. Every like things start to not necessarily unravel, but they start to go places. Even the fact that a proud man hates the fact that his odor has been talked about yeah. climaxes in a really yeah. fucking crazy fucking but, scene. Well, that's I think that that's a really good plot thread as, as being the thing that drives him insane. Because they, they bring because, it in because they talk because that they're equating them to the stink bugs. Yes. So they're that that's how they're like the parasites. Yeah. Um. And how it's like, it's just so it's so well handled. Yeah, yeah. Like when it, they're it talking starts, about it, it starts off so subtle. Where like he, he overhears the conversation when they're hiding under the table. Like uh, that's well, like it first... starts off before that yeah, when the, when the wee that. boy the kid notices, the, notices the, the two people smell the same. Yeah, and then it's like 
the really awkward scenario where they're still in the house, they need to get out, and then it's like the two, the fat, the, the parents are sitting there because they're wee boys camping, and then they start fucking touching up and wanting to shag each other, and <laughs> Which, then. Again, brilliantly in a comedy when the two of them have been so prim and proper, mm-hmm. looking at this upper class yeah. family in this like amazing fucking house, yeah. and then like he starts talking about how he wants the wife to wear the fucking the used pants. the used yeah. pants that were left in a car, yeah. and then like she's talking about like getting them to buy her drugs. Yeah, uh, they're, yeah, they're reenacting a really fucking yeah. fucking uh, uh, sex scenario. Uh, sorry, sex fantasy, and then the again bit of physical comedy where the dad's trying to sneak out and then the walkie-talkie goes yeah and he's like has to wait there that's really good the bit where again this wee old wifey goes down the stairs and is like up against jammed against the wall (laughs) thing trying to open thing that was fucking really good oh one of the the best bits of physical comedy in the the whole the whole thing the bit with the automatic lights when you you realise that they don't have automatic lights in the house it's actually the guy who's living in their basement is manually turning them on every time he hears footsteps in the stairwell he's he's doing boss code that joke does not sound good like just to hear yeah but uh, yeah no no, he does morse code later on like uh, the the other dad does Mm -hmm. but at that point like he sees it as his job like a mark of respect for the man of the house Uh, who's who's feeding them yeah to to manually turn it on it's just one one thing I would have quite like to go with when I watch it and try and kind of pay more attention to I want to know the age of the son of the Con family and the daughter that he's tutoring. Yeah. Because yeah. that relationship kind of seemed a wee bit kind of... You need you to remember... maybe a bit old for that. Yeah. No, it totally is, especially in this country, but you need to... I don't know what the age of consent is yeah. in Korea, but in Japan, the age of consent is 12. Right. Uh, right. So like, they, they go on about... Uh, that how, explains a lot about anime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally, yeah. They, they, they go on about a lot about how he's going to wait until she turns 16 before he asks her out. Right. And he's going to uni, isn't he? Yeah. Right. Uh, well, the guy that originally tells, yeah, yeah. So, but even that, like after uh, you know, like that that, that guy is like a really good um, part of him. The age of consent in South Korea was amended in, in twenty nineteen from twenty to thirteen. Fuck's sake! That's the opposite <laughs> way it should have went. <laughs> yeah, that's what. That's, uh, yeah, it's mental. Man. I mean. Surely that no, I don't want to make any culturally inappropriate things here, but like in this country, that was a fucking red flag for whoever's the head of the government. Yeah, um, fuck me, man, yeah. that's terrible. But like the actual kind of climax of the movie, I thought was great. Um, How I, does he survive at the end? He takes two big hits yeah. to the head with that. Rock. Again, I was. That, I, I said I'm, that to him. Deed. That's yeah. one of the only things that like I, I didn't like so much about the film was the fact that he survived because again it's just something you wouldn't have seen in western cinema if like this guy who like he feels like the main character mm-hmm. until the dad kind of takes over a bit I guess yeah. but like for the most part he feels like the likeable main character guy even though he's a con man and then when he just gets unceremoniously fucking murdered or yeah. what, what it felt like it was like holy shit well done like that's subverting expectations mm-hmm. there man but again just to, like you said this the slow build up of Oh man, you stink! You totally stink, Claude. He's like fucking, ah, fucking yeah, like, just, he's like, yeah. like fucking hell. He just he had enough. He sees he sees his son being like carried on somebody else's back with like just blood pissing at his face. He sees his daughter has been stabbed and he doesn't know where his wife is at that point. Mm. Like he is out of it when he just goes to stab that kind of. Well, no, no when he stabs when he stabs the father. 
is because the fathers went and moved his wife. Is it his wife or was it was it the daughter? He starts telling you to throw the car keys. Right, but the wife wife falls on the car keys, so he's moving the wife over, and as he's moving her, he's going, the smell. Aye, that's right, aye. And that's what pushes him to stab him. Yeah. But there was at that point where he's like lying there and his his daughter's been stabbed, he's like, fucking leave her, let's go to the hospital. Uh, But then, like you said, he's like, fucking bad because Because the scenes before that, He's been in the car with the wife of the rich family, mm. and, and she you can see the window. She kind of winces, he opens the window, yeah. and you can you can see her wincing. You can see he's he's gonna fucking he's fallen like, down. I've fucking had enough <laughs> of this shit, man. I don't smell like fucking truffles or whatever the fuck I, you said. I was saying to Neil as well, man. Like all the films that this one made me think of, like I wasn't really expecting to feel like I just kind of watched some kind of spiritual successor to happiness, <laughs> but it was totally yeah. that. Like the the shot at the end where a uh, the guy who's been living in the basement of the house gets like stabbed in the side by a skewer with a bunch of sausages on it, and then it has like a top down panning shot of the dog the, the sausages yeah. as it's inside the guy. It's like holy dog fuck, don't care man. That's a sausage. That's a sausage. I mean that that's that's like the end of happiness when the mm. dog's licking the semen off the fence post. You I mean that's like that's the yeah. similar shot there. I really like I, I'm like again after the bloody climax and all that it, the I like when when he find when the boy fight the con the con art the con artist guy boy he finds out his dad's still in there by the light yeah. the more that was all great and then this whole letter to each other that they imagine that they're gonna write and they're gonna do yeah. this and that or he, he wants to do it and then this kind of visual fantasy that he does by the house and his dad's just gonna and come out just get that. Yeah, cuddle. I was like at first I was like, fuck did it actually happen? And then yeah, it cuts back it's like just no that's kind of fourth wall breaking yeah. look at the end. And then it's like, no, it's not happen. That's what he wants yeah. to happen. That's what he hopes will happen, but it's probably not yeah, gonna happen. Probably Even the happen. bit like, you know, after they've went through this terrible experience of like just being trapped in the house when the family come back and like the the a old caretaker turns back up and like they possibly have murdered her and mm-hmm. everything's just went to shit. Like when she they, gets kicked in those stairs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, again, I was like, right, she's fucking deep. Yeah. They, but he, he took two fucking stain, stones to the fucking mm-hmm. he'd on it. I was like, no, when, fuck that, man. When they finally escape the house, though, again, like just out of the blue, like almost like the, the bit with the frogs start raining down in Magnolia, mm-hmm. like that flood sequence where it's just like, now they have to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Yeah. Just, um, <laughs> again, like talk about another nice bit of comedy is when the the boy keeps saying everything's metaphorical. <laughs> <laughs> so metaphorical. Uh, that was funny. Like was a, a lot of that was really really good. Um, but yeah, everything about it was just really good. Mm. See, like you get films where probably uh, Western films where the internet is just available, and sometimes it is mobile phones and the internet and apps and shit are heavily used, and it kind of takes you out the plot. Seeing this, I just like how it. A lot of it just became part of their con. Mm. Even like, oh, we don't have Wi-Fi anymore, right? Go to the toilet and get that, right? We're gonna use, we're gonna watch a YouTube video of this person packing pizza mm. boxes so we can copy that and it'll make us better. And then just you know going online and fucking forging documents and how yeah. easy it was to do this. Like the and the, this the daughter of the house like literally just googled art therapy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's and all she yeah, did. Like, for, yeah. 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 See, the only, like I was saying, sorry, man. No, see, like when they become, like he becomes the chauffeur, she becomes the chauffeur. Mm. I was like, where the fuck they get them clays, man? Because they live in a fucking dive of a mm. joint, man. But he's got his nice suit on, and this but at that point, they've already had a few wages. Yeah, the, the son's already been and the daughter. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. 
I think even even that the fact that they kind of they chain themselves in as well. It's not like one of them just comes up with scenarios to get everybody in. It's like the son gets the daughter in, the daughter gets the dad in, the dad gets the mother in. Mm. Like when they even got a that, script of uh, how yeah. they're going to get the mother yeah. in and things like that, that was all. Yeah. And like even then, like the the rich a uh, mother talks about how she really likes this chain of trust, as yeah. she calls it. Uh, the chain. Where it's actually like a, a, a chain of just you yeah, being fucked over. Naive. I think one of the kind of beautiful things about the film is that even, like, I was talking to Danny about this um, when he was saying it didn't really hit with him, uh, that I, I think part of, its, part of its strength is the cultural nuance of it. Mm-hmm. But it also... It's a film that you could take that story and put it into any culture, mm-hmm. and I think it would still work. Yeah, yeah. It's um, just, it's just let's, it's let's a, be it's honest. It's a very modern, modern, it's kind of world uh, kind of story. It's been a long time, I think, since America have done their useless adaptation. But like they did it with Wreck. They oh, it. they're doing this. HBO, yeah, yeah, HBO is getting many series. Fucking not a shock, man. Yeah. For fuck's sake, just watch. This there was one. somebody pretty decent attached to it though. Mm. I'm I mean, there sure. usually is. You were the though, one right? who told me about yeah. the adaptation, but, but again, you, the, you, the, the adaptation let me in. Like, was that Matt Reeves in yeah, it? That was Matt like, Reeves. I mean, that's he's a good director. That was like, for all accounts, like, apparently a good film. It was redundant. It didn't need to be made. Like quarantine didn't need to be made. The fucking girl with the dragon tattoo didn't need to be made. Yeah, but some like, would some would argue that Fincher's dragon tattoo is better than uh, his, his predecessor. Only idiots would actually argue that. Tommy Lee McPherson, are you listening? You yeah, listening, it's rubbishly. Uh, Daniel just, Craig doesn't even attempt a fucking accent. It just doesn't Apparently nonsense. Do like Rubbish. I, I it just like, doesn't need both. done. Just fucking watch the foreign language film for fuck's sake. I hear you, but like, see, like, let the right one in is fucking awesome. When it's like, right, we're gonna do let, an adaptation. Let me, let me in is okay. Let me, in's, let me in is a, 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 a talented filmmaker who's like, right, this is gonna get made. I will. I will sh- I will shepherd this in, and it'll probably not to, have the impact of it, but it'll still it'll still get the kind of to, to the be, gist of what the. To be the fair, let me is. in if I remember correctly. It leans a lot heavier into aspects of that story which let the right one in doesn't, mm-hmm. and it, although it's not, you can't say it's its own film. It kind of tries to be, yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. Like at least with quarantine and rec, though, like those films are like so similar. But every change that quarantine made was a change for the worse. Mm-hmm. Like on that note as well, man. If anybody listened to this hasn't seen Wreck or Wreck Two, it Rec is too. the best zombie movie ever fucking made. Like it's excellent. It's, it's up there, definitely. Yeah. Um, oh, I'll, I'll agree. It's definitely up it's, there. It but yeah, like I know excellent movie. I know what you mean in terms of redundant. <coughs> I mean, fucking hell, Spike Lee's Old Boy is a shambles yeah. of a film. Just I fucking watch the good original. Man. It is a shambles of a movie, and uh, it just adds. I mean, that, as you said, that it adds nothing. That that director to it. Okay, I, I forget his name. The Korean Matthews. guy that done no, the one that done Park Chan Wook. No, the one that done Paul Parasite. Oh, Bong Joon Ho. Like a, I mean, his quote, like you know, it's such a small barrier to entry yeah. it's like just get over the fucking subtitles and watch the film he's right like this is like not to go down the fucking route of hating America again man but it just it makes Americans seem stupid that they can't just fucking watch a film with subtitles to be fair I'd imagine there's a fair amount of British people who are the same yeah but I think again you, you get a lot of it is like that 
Hollywood see that market, all right, that film is not internationally well known at the box office, we'll do our own thing yeah. and market to an audience where we will make the money like that. And they'll lose something in the process. It, they Guaranteed. Might do. I mean, like, I, I kind of, I will watch the HBO miniseries of Parasite, but sometimes, like you said, it's, it's just better made uh, by filmmakers or even in different cultures where it just seems to come together in terms of the storytelling, mm. as, as the way it's shot, it's maybe unconventional, or maybe it is conventional in that culture's way of storytelling. As, as or soon as it goes it just, through. It just works better. Like, don't get me wrong, coming back to like J-Horror and that, you look at The Grudge, and then you look at the American remake yeah. of The Grudge, and it's like, yeah, there's a cult, there's something culturally not right here. This doesn't the, the jigsaw pieces don't fit as, as well as, as the original. As soon as you can even take though it, it's written and directed by the guy who did the first, yeah. which is strange. Yeah, as, as, soon as, like, even, as soon as you put yeah, it through, Hollywood, the, ring, the Ring Two being a good example of that. Oh, but the Ring Two is terrible. Yeah. As I mean, soon as you wrong. put it through Hollywood, it just gets focus tested to the point where it just gets the fucking. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like it, it's it gets all the kind of rough edges just worn away from it to the point where it just feels like trash pop music. Mm. It's the the movie equivalent of that. Yeah, I mean, like what Neil was saying about the Grudge. I mean, you do wonder is like is he like well if anybody's gonna fuck up my movie I'll do it or I will do the medic or what I think the Hollywood translation of that should be. Yeah. But you're like it's unnecessary, um, and it's strange. And even in like uh, like in America. They take like beloved classics like Psycho and try to remake that, and you're like, but why would you? And what we're gonna do is we're just gonna make it in color and not really add anything to it. It's like I think Psycho is more of an exercise of just we'll do it because we can. I know it's it's, it, it's just so fucking pointless at times. Yeah. But and even like when you look at like like in the example of Hitchcock, you look at a film like Vertigo. At times, that doesn't feel like an American movie. That feels like kind of almost like European kind of storytelling. Mm. And like you can see why that's a big influence on, say, like maybe foreign markets because of the storytelling. Mm. It is a wee bit more different. It doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. And it twists and turns every now and then to the point where it's like it starts off as one thing, becomes another because of the transition mm. the characters go through, but not in the most conventional kind of Hollywood way you would see it done. And I find like watching Parasite. You watch that kind of storytelling where it keeps you guessing, and the trailers did something like I mean, even talking about like American ones like Hereditary. You watch the trailer of that. The film is not the trailer. The trailer completely uh, uh, blindsides you because you watch that film and it's fucking excellent. But you go in with a perception it's going to be that, and that is the best thing they could have done is because the trailer just looks like. Yeah, this might be entertaining, but I've already figured out because of the trailer. And then you watch it, and you're like, no, it flips like midway through and becomes something else. And it's it's just really nice when you have that. Like twenty minutes into that film, it flips, and it's like, all right, okay, this is don't not waste it because I still haven't seen that. I don't watch it. Yeah, but so again, on Amazon Prime for free. Yeah, but again, that's what Get I'm saying. <laughs> we talked about the trailer for um, Parasite, and again, maybe even that's something that's missing in a lot of like Western cinema. They're just, just they will give yeah, you every story you beat yeah. like that. It's like, man, for fuck's sake. And the funny thing is, it used to be worse. Like when you yeah. watch like eighties movies, they gave you the whole fucking lot in the trailer. Yeah. And you're like, man, I thought it was you I thought it was worse nowadays, but obviously you go back and watch like Die Hard Commando, the trailers just show you everything from start to finish. Whereas now it's like, yeah, it's bad, but they can really not only from the storytelling aspect and uh, culture aspect of like Parasite and other international movies that are fantastic. Even teasing it to an audience, they can 
like the American or sorry Hollywood can really learn from trailers like Panasonic because <coughs> again went in you knew, the trailer entices you in but you don't know what it's about and I think that's like half the battle is like we need to not we don't want to show the twists in this but we need to draw the audience in and watching the trailer for Parasite you're immediately drawn in you don't know Where's, what the I fuck this is I think that's just a western thing though because like, I've been filmed at the GFT and you get trailers for foreign language films and they're never cut the way that a Hollywood trailer's cut. Mm. They're all, it gives you beats, but it never ever gives you enough to kind of go, yeah. All right. It gives you, it gives you enough to kind of want you to go and watch yeah, it. It gives you a sense of the tone yeah. of the film. Yeah. And I wonder if it's maybe, it's probably just a Western thing. Like for instance, Netflix put out a teaser for Stranger Things season four today, which, Shows you that Hopper's alive, and it's Which like, we, okay, we all kind of thought yeah, that was yeah. what's going to happen. That was. I why I, would why would you give that away right away? Yeah, I again, I, I watched that teaser, and I was like, so. I mean, like, it's pretty fun. I mean, if you've up to, up to this point, if you've seen TV shows or movies or whatever, if you don't see him die, he Wait, ain't no. dead. Didn't you see him at the end of season three though? Like, was he not no, in the upside the, down? There's a no. There's a a scene in a Russian gulag. Where these right. two guys talking about the American, American. yeah, but uh, is, is the teaser for Stranger Things season four the link to the Stranger Things being in the MCU? No, <laughs> no, no, it is not. Can I just yeah. say, by the way, like, uh, when was the last time you can remember all three of us being this enthusiastic about any film? I don't know, Winter Soldier, like maybe, six, maybe then. Endgame, maybe <laughs> Endgame. Ah. Uh, yeah. But um, even even then, I don't think we were this enthusiastic about it. But I mean, the, no, we we have had films where we've been enthusiastic about it. It's, it's been just, a while, I think, since we've been enthusiastic about a film where we really don't have anything to complain about mm. or any hang-ups on it. Mm. There's a couple of things where like that was great, that was great, but at no yeah, point, I don't, at no point in my life would I change anything. about that film was like, yeah, no I can't think of anything. Bad no, about it. It's fucking... that the one criticism I would say is like I think the son should have died when he got hit in the head with that rock. Yeah, that's, but that's it. yeah. But even then, though, like if he died there, like you wouldn't have had to pay off at that ending. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, the execution of him getting hit with a stone could have been done better because he leaks just as just as much blood, if not more, than what the fucking old the, the maid does, and she dies. I but the daughter who's in love with him gets some medical attention though. They make a point of showing you that. Yeah, that is true. Whereas oh, she just she she lies she just there, lies there in her dying, yeah. in her concussion, and then goes to sleep. And yeah, that, and that's what kills her. Yeah. Four days until they yeah. can get back into the basement. Yeah. After all that shit, there's really nothing else. Great film. Yeah, yeah nothing else. Fantastic. to say about it was fucking great. Yeah. I, so next week's on at the Hedgehog, right? Is there anything, <laughs> is there anything else? I, I well, I'll go and watch uh, the Lighthouse. Yeah. Um. There's a, there's a new of version of Jane Austen's Emma. Um, no. How many versions are they fucking going to make of that? Was Anne Hathaway the last version of it? Uh, was it not Gwyneth Paltrow? Oh, or was that see. even further back? Fuck knows. Uh, um, I, w- I want to catch uh, Clint Eastwood's uh, Richard Jewell, but I don't know if I will because it looks like... I've, heard, I've heard that's not very good. I'm in- intrigued in the story and j- I- Clint these days that- is very hit or miss, but I... I've heard that it's, it's very much a Clint Eastwood uh, 
here's a white here's a a white man being accused of things he never done type movie by other white men by other white men and it's very much in the same line as American Sniper oh, well, ooh, in terms um, of its politics okay oh right well I I still I will still watch it just for something I will watch some of the Hedgehog as well is any of us going to go watch Doolittle no no fuck that man <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe well, shoot Go watch it then, man. Uh, you do packs. I'm not watching that shit. The trailer's it, rubbish and it's is, already lost. Is any of us going to go and watch Little Women? No, I, I, was, I was supposed to watch that and uh, I was supposed to go watch that with uh, our mate Leanne, but it just got cancelled. But it's apparently I've really heard, good. I've heard it's really good. So, um, yeah. is, is, is it, is it a, a, an American, like one of the great American novels? Is that right? I believe it is considered that. But yeah, the four ghosts in Ocarina of Time's Forest Temple are named after the characters of Little Women. Found um, that the other day from a YouTube video. Thanks whoever made that one. Boom. Underwater still on this week. Oh, the one with Kirsten Stewart, which yeah. is underwater. No. Uh, it's just her holding her breath. <laughs> it's like, wow, man. That's really about it. So, oh well. If you made it this far through the show, thanks for listening. We said loads of uh, Lost Boys and Ghost in cinemas. Lost Boys is on tonight. Yeah, and Ghost Thing as well. Yeah, it's yeah. a double bill tonight. Yeah. Princess Mononoke is on at the GFT uh, February 20th. Oh, God, that Call of the Wild starts on Thursday. Harrison Ford. Or Wednesday, even. Yeah, the LSD wears off. Turns out him and Chewie was all a fucking mental dream. His mad CGI dug. I was shy. So, Did that love a bombshell? I'm going to watch bombshell. See, I was going to watch... I was, because I can't remember. Did, can we end this show?